Hello, Anaheim Dostal. I mean, Anaheim Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of the Lucas. I mean, the Quack Report. It's about it, that, hey. It's it's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> the dos the, the the yeah the Dostal show. Yeah. Established. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty two. Damn it. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go back to 2020, please. No, Thank yeah, you. I said that, and I, was, I got like a chill, and then realized I fucked up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Yeah, what a, what a game. Yeah, it was... It, it was good to start, I'll say. Oh, for sure. Uh, as we talk about in the pre-recorded stuff that you'll hear later, and again, it's one of these confusing ones again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, the Ducks are, seem to be good at starting games and lately just the first period and then it, it, it just eventually tape no it doesn't taper off it falls off a cliff yeah so because um, the first period was fantastic i thought i was like oh. actually the first two honestly the first two periods i was like holy shit we yeah, might win was, this game yeah it was a game the entire time and then we decided not to anymore and we got really the the undisciplined aspects is what hurt us in this game. Took oh, way sure. too many, too, way too many penalties. I've talked about this before, and I mean it makes sense. You're gonna take more penalties when you are more desperate and when you're and, behind. You don't have the puck. Yeah, yeah, and when you're, uh, yeah, when you're, when you don't have the puck, right? So, um, yeah, twenty four minutes in penalties tonight. Oof. There was a couple of misconducts at the end. That doesn't include that because the Wild oh. have six penalty minutes. And I don't. Oh, you mean combined 24 minutes. I see. I oh, no, no, no. I, I meant for the Ducks. Oh. I'm double Because <laughs> I thought Minnesota and Anaheim each got... Oh, no, sorry. Okay, just Vetrano got the misconduct there. Okay, I sorry. I thought Minnesota had one as well. Okay, oh, yeah, so... I actually did too, but... Yeah. Okay, so take that off even then. 14 minutes. Yeah, that's not what you want. And I guess no. one was a four... On four, like there was a, a full on two minute four on four, yes. So, yeah, and so yeah, that's how you get to the six power plays for Minnesota. But, yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. they luckily only capitalized on one. Fucking but, somehow, yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's one to that, that's definitely an outlier to pad the stat for the penalty kill. But like that's yeah, that's yeah, unbelievable and, and, actually. Yeah, and like we were, once. yeah, and like we were talking about, like, the first and second were pretty even and even honestly even the in the in the shots the first mm -hmm. uh, maybe not as much but it's still like you know fairly nine to four uh the second period 14 to 12 um both periods in favor of minnesota and then the third again falls off a cliff 19 to 6 for minnesota yeah so it was yeah just and and what was it four there. four of the penalties were in the third period but like four of the power plays for Minnesota? Uh, or three of them? No, two of them. Really? Only two? Yeah, because there was uh, okay. Kulikov tripping Capriz off there. And then oh, there yeah. was Vetrano. Um, yeah, oh. Vetrano slashing uh, Hartman. Right. And then Minnesota had the late uh, penalty for hooking. Okay. Where Vetrano also got a misconduct. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I honestly thought there was more. Like, I felt like there was more penalties that we took in the third, but I guess mm -hmm. not. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And 
to be fair, in falling off of a cliff for the third period, this is the second half of a back-to-back. So it's kind of yeah. expected that in the third period, you're probably going to be chasing the game a, a wee bit. But um, still, but still, it's not what you like to see, I guess. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, okay. The other thing that kind of threw me off, and uh, I'm just seeing a tweet here from uh, CJ Woodling that uh, I think kind of honestly sums it up. He says, honestly, it's not the loss that bothers me. Uh, it's that Dallas Eakins blew an entire period on completely nonsensical lines with no practice ahead of time on a back-to-back. Yeah, what the hell were those lines in the first period? Like the opening lines, you mean? The opening lines and like what he... Sh- yeah. Like, because he shuffled it up in the first period as well. Okay. And they were still just like... Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, I don't really understand that because like we're not running 11 and 7 like we're we, we did 12 and 6 this game so but you should just have yeah. like night like a good rotation and like yeah we didn't really start like the freshest we've ever been but it also wasn't bad either it's not like oh holy fuck we're down three nothing let's shuffle the lines it was just like no minnesota was just pressing and had a lot of zone time and so that's kind of what you expect from Minnesota. Right? Yeah, but, so I, like, but it, you don't but need was... to shuffle the lines for that. Like, it's weird. We didn't even, I don't even think you really needed to shuffle the lines the way you did before the game started. If anybody missed it, the projected lineup um, from the Anaheim Ducks Twitter account was a top line of Henrique centering Terry and Comtois. The second was Strom centering Leeson and Zegras. Yeah, that one's weird. The third was McTavish centering Silverberg and Vetrano. And then the fourth was Carrick centering Megna and Kirkland. That fourth one is the only one overly that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like, Henrik and Terry together, sure. Zegris and Strom together, sure. McTavish centering Silverberg and Vetrano. Honestly, that one I'm fine with because Jones is out. Right, but right, I don't, but I, I don't get why you wouldn't keep Leeson with McTavish and Vit- and sure have Vitrano there and put Silverberg in the top six. Like, why yeah. does Silverberg have to be on the third line? He hasn't been in the top six all year. Exactly, has, and has and been great. No, but like, what? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, and you've had one of your mind you. They have their good and their bad games. We've established what the top line is. It's Zegers, yeah. Henrik, and Terry. Yeah, like why? Why would why would you split that up? I don't understand. Like of all guys to put there, Comtois is a, a good choice, I guess. But like, I I, I would have been fine with Zegras, Henrique, Terry, and then Strom, Comtois, Leeson would have even been better. Like because that top line's still together, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just it's back to the thing where I that I defended like earlier in the season, where okay, let's try and spread out the wealth a little bit and not make it so that we're a one-line team. But when the one line you put together is like one of the best in the NHL, who gives a fuck what the other nine forwards are doing anyways? Just like... Exactly. Like, and, at this point in the season, it doesn't fucking matter. You're not going to win. Yeah, so. and I mean, the fact that we had to... It was, okay, yeah, we'll change it up. And then that clearly wasn't working for you. And then you go, okay, let's change it up again. 
rather than go back to what we know works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, like I do kind of agree with CJ there. It's, it was a waste of a first period. Yeah. Like with, yeah, just with lines that just have no practicality to them whatsoever. And if you're on a back to back, I doubt these guys even practice together. If, yeah, because this, as, that's as, what the lines were lines. last night. Yeah, exactly. This, this makes no sense whatsoever. Like, I forget who I saw tweet it, but it was basically just like that, like that felt like something that was okay. How much can I intentionally fuck up and still not lose my job? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like, like, this was just brutal uh, from the start there. So, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, that's, it's not that you can't do it, but I don't think I've ever really seen, barring injuries, a coach shake up the lines on the second half of a back to back. And yeah. if they do, it's because the team laid a fucking egg in the game before. So you go back to something else that you've at least done before. This is brand new. Right, like yeah, the fourth line no is made up of guys that have played less than ten games this season. Oh, and my and my favorite part about it too was again, you'd think okay, go back to what you think works. So Henry and Terry, if we're talking about that top line, we know those two work together, mm-hmm. and we know the third guy that's part of that equation is Zegras centering, right, yeah. rather than Henrique. Mm-hmm. What Dallas Eagles decides to go to is Henrique centering Terry and. Justin Kirkland. Yeah. Who we is... talk a little bit later, like on the pre-recorded part, but just for those who are here for the live section, this is Justin Kirkland's second NHL game. He played his first one last night mm-hmm. where he had two shots on net. Yeah. So like it's nothing against Justin Kirkland. That's just not a top line guy. Yeah, like the guy in his second about game, like throwing a guy to the fucking wolves. Like, they, oh hey, don't yeah. fuck up, by the way, because like even though it's your second NHL game, but we're gonna put you up against Kirill Kaprizov and who's on that? Was it? It's like a uh, it's Zuccarello and who else is on that line? Uh, Boldy on that one? Maybe. Yeah. Either uh, way, that, either way, it's like why the fuck are you doing that to the guy? Jesus. So you, tr- you try it once or twice, right? Thirty seconds, forty-five seconds max for a shift, right? Yeah. Give him a shift so, after like a power play, so you know Caprizov's yeah, so not going to be on so the that, ice. Like, so that's your minute, minute and a half of time on ice as a line together. Mm-hmm. That line got thrown out for just over three minutes. <sighs> why? That's that's a. What is that? Five, six, six, five, six shifts? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like it's yeah. That's that's a few too many for me. I, I don't think they got scored on though. So like, at least there's no. That, luckily, but but their expected goals against was a hell was four times as worse. Or was four times worse than their on ice expected goals for in that Oof. three minutes. It's not like massive numbers on the expected against, only at like point one two eight. But when you throw them out there for three minutes and it's a point zero four, like they're not like that. That's the that's the equivalent of, you know, when you're 
It's the equivalent of like if you're 17, like 16, 17, 18 even, right? And you're like, okay, like see your parents, like me and my friends are going to do this. And they go, okay, take your little brother or your, your little cousin or something like that. And they're like mm-hmm. a two-year-old and suddenly you can't go do adult things. Because yeah. you're hand, because you're handcuffed well, because of this. I, I little don't because you're 16 right? or 17, but yeah. Okay, teenager. Okay, <laughs> sure. Okay, <laughs> how, about, how about this? You're in southern Alberta where we are, um, or actually no, you know what? You're in California. It's it's 21 to go to the bar, mm-hmm. right? And your parents say, "Hey, take your six, take your 16 year old cousin." You can't go to the bar anymore. Yeah, and you had to shuffle this kid somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Terry and, and Reek were doing with Justin Kirkland. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, like eventually it was okay. McTavish, Leeson, and Comtog got put back together for a total of a minute 39, five on five. <laughs> right? Like, eventually we fought, like, second and third period, we got back to what we know in Zegras, Henrik, and Terry for seven minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, it. that's that's in two periods, so. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think what. Yeah, that'd be like 10, 11 minutes over 60 minutes, which is like a little low, but considering how many penalties we took, like it, it kind of makes sense that at five on five, that would be a little bit less. But yeah. Yeah, and and this is reflective because we shuffle the lines around so much, which again, still, what the fuck. Um, that projected fourth line. Fourth line. Again, Sam Carrick, who is a more of a fighter, mm-hmm. right? He's your body, basically. Megna and Kirkland played just under five minutes, five on five. That's the second highest time on ice, five on five trio mm-hmm. in this game. It's like the fuck is the point? Yeah, that's it's just so weird, man. <laughs> oh, just like I'm trying to figure out just some inkling of rationale behind the decisions in the first period, because again, like we got back to normalcy in the second, that was fine, and then the third period became a shit show as it was a parade to the penalty box, but. Just that first period handcuffed us, yeah. right? Like, like it, it's it's a game of what ifs, right? What if the normal lines or relatively normal lines were together in the first period? What might yeah. have happened, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Do we get an extra? Do we do we take the lead one nothing into the second period, or two nothing even? Potentially, yeah. Right, like it would be a different knows? game. Pot- or, yeah, it could be a different game. You never know. Yeah, but I don't know. I think the only rationale that you can possibly come up with is Connor Bedard. <laughs> that's that's about it. I can't. I no. I can't even think of like Connor Bedard as rationale. The only thing I can think of is one, two, three, four, five too many wobbly pops before you go and coach an NHL game. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But like it, I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me otherwise. Um, yeah, what else did we have here? Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, offense, I guess I specifically picked out um, in that uh, was at the start. Yeah, start of the third period. There, um, there was a point that Mark Andre Fleury was down on the ice, 
just desperation mode. The wild in front of him were in desperation mode. Ducks took what, like two, three shots? Couldn't get a single thing. It's either a Wayne Gretzky shot on the ice, which guess what? There is a guy wearing goalie gear laying flat on the ice. And, and everyone's also someone else selling get, out in yeah, front to, to so. get to get in front of that. And yeah, just no one able to raise a puck and put it into an empty net, essentially. Uh the wild take it uh down to the, our end. Um it also gets a chunk of it, but it goes into the net. Two one. Like that was just deflating overall, I feel like mm-hmm. for the team. Yeah. So, and even for the people watching at home or in the building, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It like, was, you just saw this spectacular effort by Minnesota. And then they go down the other way and just throw it on net, essentially. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. Like I said, the undisciplined game cost us six penalties taken on uh, this one. Yeah. It was just, yeah, rough. Overall, I guess, uh, primarily in the third period. Like, that, yeah. that, that's the thing with this game, right? Is one period alone can cost you. In terms of the on ice play, one period cost us. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, coaching decisions, another period cost us. So, really, it was only the second period that. That was any good. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing at like any, like close to the potential that this team has. And it just gave us a false sense of hope. Yeah, really. So <laughs> exactly. Um, sorry, just going back to the um, uh, one or like the first period line shuffle. The the only thing I can think of for like wanting to start the lines this fucked up is <laughs> I feel like I've dropped a lot of f bombs to start this off, and I really apologize <laughs> to everybody. You got to catch up to me at some point. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but. Like, the only thing I can really come up with to make sense of why you would do that on the second half of a back-to-back is that the game against LA was not good at all. So, like, if you're like, okay, we need to do something else or we're just going to... Because if that's what happens against LA, not to take anything from LA because they're, what, second, third in the division and have been, like, all year. Like, they're a good team. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) But... If that's what LA does to the Ducks, what is Minnesota going to do on the second half of the back-to-back? Like, you've got to do something to be like, okay, I, I at least tried to make it so this wasn't a blowout, and thankfully it was not. It probably should have been, but at least we settled for the exact same result in 4-1. So that's like the only kind of thing that I can maybe think of, and again, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but that's that's what I've come up with. So Yeah, but even... Okay, with I was gonna play devil's advocate on here. Um, okay, so yeah, you're not happy with how the game against LA went to shuffle it up. So why why now? Why not six one loss to San Jose? Why yeah. not three nothing to Ottawa? Why not seven nothing to Toronto? Like. So many more games could have been the okay. Let's try something different over yeah, the last with, two weeks. With, with that why though, now? With that and though, why on not, a back to back where you have no practice time whatsoever? 
yeah, with that, it's not like for the other games. If yeah, we got, we got why uh, we? I don't know we. how to say that. We'll say we. Say yeah. not a shout out loss. Hey, <laughs> nice. Which we will get to some of the more positives and like that in a little bit. But um, got to get all the aggression out first. Um, <laughs> I, I guess besides the Ottawa Toronto one, that one was a back to back, but. And I don't remember what we did for Toronto um, in terms of shuffling the lines if, if I don't that happened at all. I don't know but, if we really did a whole lot. Yeah, but if I was Dallas Eakins, my stupid rationale for this would be, okay, yeah, we sucked in the game against um, Toronto. We sucked in the game. Actually, no, then we beat Montreal and Edmonton. But Okay, here we go. Going back to San Jose. We sucked against San Jose, but it's okay. We have a day or two for... To practice that we can work on the thing. So we'll keep the lines together, but we'll like work on improving in practice. Okay, we sucked against Toronto, but we'll work on improving these things in practice. Whereas when you're on the back to back, you can't just like improve on say something that you saw that um you think you could fix in practice. So you just shuffle the lines so that it just doesn't happen again, I guess. I don't know if that was a coherent thought or not, but um Again, I'm yeah. embodying Dallas Eakins here, so it's not supposed to be the most coherent thought you can come up with. Yeah, no, that's fair. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure something out here. Like, it doesn't make <laughs> sense to me either, but. Yeah, like your your <laughs> offense over the last three games, which again, 5-2 win over Montreal, 4-3 win over Edmonton, and a 4-1 loss to the Kings. Still, you scored 10 goals over those three games. That's more than you had scored in the previous five before the Montreal game. Mm -hmm. Where, really, you only scored in three of them, and you scored six goals. Yeah, so really, you should just chalk that Kings loss up to, you know what, we weren't ready to play, they were, and they kicked our ass. And we were in their barn, and, you know, it's... Difficult to play there because of the rivalry, and it's, right? And so it's then you the should just run the same game lines. Road trip. Yeah. So like yeah. you should just run the same lines for this one. Be like, you know what? That one was an egg. That we'll we'll just take the out. I mean, there's been lots of eggs, big fat, juicy stinkers this year yeah. already. But that one's one of the ones where you should just be like, you know what? We're gonna write it off and we're gonna run the same lineup again against Minnesota because this is the lineup that worked against Edmonton and Montreal, where we got a win. Save for Max Jones, because He's injured, but yeah. Okay, now I'm gonna say this. Uh, I'm gonna say this in hopes that uh, this statement becomes outdated <laughs> in a day or two, even, um, which might be brutal because of the timing. We at this point, no, Dallas Eagles is not gonna get fired. Like we, we have him do? for the season. We have him for the season. Yeah, you you fire Dallas Eakins. What this team's going to go fifty and zero? Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm not even thinking that we yeah. start winning more. I just start thinking that there's not somebody behind the bench who is making ludicrous uh, decisions mm-hmm. for the team. If you're not going to fire the guy, just take away his responsibilities. Okay, seriously, <laughs> just just pay the guy like basically the 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 same way you would if you fired him, right? Like, just mm-hmm. give him his money. Dallas, just, we just need you to, you know, come up. At this, at this point, you can stay home the entire, like, for the next nine games. 
Just come to the rink, stand behind the bench. Point a couple times, me- draw a little stick figure on your notepad. Yeah, yeah hey! exactly. Every once in a while at the ref, just that's all you got to do. That, that's all you have to do. That's all I want him to do at this yeah. point. Somebody else needs to make decisions for this team. Trevor like, Zegers, dur- like during Adam game. Henrique, Cam Fowler. Sure. Fuck, yep, I'd even trust... I'm going to blow John Klingberg. Whoa, I'm going to rip John Klingberg apart. <laughs> You're going to blow John Klingberg, all right. <laughs> I'm going to rip John Klingberg apart later in the episode because we recorded it in the past, and you'll hear it in the future. But I would trust him to make the coaching decisions more than I would Dallas Eakins at this point. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either, but we I do have a couple positives that I want to kind of leave this discussion off on before we uh, move on. But before cool. we do that, we are going to take a short break with our friends over at DraftKings. Be sure to use promo code THPN to bet against the Anaheim Ducks because when they do that, or at least when Nate does that, they win. So at least <laughs> at least somebody wins, <laughs> even if it's not Nate. <laughs> uh, I'm promo the one code who THPN. wants to win in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There can only be one. It's either Anaheim wins or Nate wins. And <laughs> it can't be both, even if you bet on Anaheim. So, um, But yeah, promo code THPN, DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll see you guys in just a minute here. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, you know what? Not the coming game against Calgary. The game against Vegas, though. If uh, Anaheim gets a lead, I'm just betting on Vegas right away. <laughs> okay. Just to, you know, just give myself some money. Uh, I think the worst part about this loss tonight, uh, we lost in front of Getsy. Oh. Is he going to come out of retirement at least? That would be nice. Throw him behind the bench. You're, I think you're onto something. <laughs> Um, yeah, wasn't his kid the like arena host for the evening, uh, or, or something? Oh no, he was sure he was hosting something. That. What was it? His kid was the junior reporter in that video yes. that was going around, which yes, that video was. was hilarious. Holy shit! Um, I said, I said, uh, Zegers finally found somebody that's uh, that that's at his level, and uh, it happens to be Ketzlaff's kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the you're so boring to watch, and then Seekers comes into frame. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, some positives for this game because it wasn't all bad. Number one, we held Kirill Kaprizov off the, the score sheet. All right, yeah, I didn't realize that actually. Yeah, okay. unfortunately, yep. Matt Boldy got three points. And uh, <laughs> Eric Sinek actually got a goal with his brother in the building. Not against his brother. 
unfortunately. I was really kind of hoping we would put Eric Seneki in, especially because yeah. second half of a back-to-back, it's against your brother. You know, wouldn't it be sick if your brother scored a hat-trick against you or you <laughs> shut out your brother? Like, one of those two would happen. Yeah. You can't, I, you know. I did say that I thought we were going to see Dostal both nights. You did, so. yeah. And I, I thought it would be Eric Seneki. But um, Mason McCavish's breakaway goal, thing of beauty, picking off the pass from... I think it was from Kaprizov, honestly. Either way, it was a, yeah. it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like just his ability to read the play and break that up. And as soon as he he got the breakaway, I was like, "This has to go in." Like, I know it's against Mark Andre Fleury, but I I can just feel like Mason McTavish just feeling it tonight. And then yeah, he just picked five hole, and that was a gorgeous, gorgeous goal. I loved it. Yeah, he. Uh... He played below his average tonight, 1247. And a minute one on the power play. Yeah, I I mean, we only got one or two power play. Yeah. We were were shorthanded a lot, and he doesn't play penalty kill. So I am not surprised if basically everybody's going to be like lower for the time on ice unless they're a regular penalty killer. But. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Um, so, shift chart. This is what I want. Uh, Max, come. Oh, McTavish. Are you looking on hockey reference? Or are you? Uh, just... No, I was looking at stat trick, but yeah, hockey reference okay. might be better. Yeah, there, I was trying to find, like, find like shifts per period. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that, but um, in terms of... I, I've got it up here, so... Okay. Um, before tonight's... Oh, no, sorry, this is... Yeah, so before tonight's game, so against LA, he had 20 shifts, 24 against Edmonton, 23 against Montreal, 24 against Toronto, and 23 against Ottawa, and then basically anything in between those numbers for the foreseeable past. For a good chunk of time. Um, for tonight, they have not updated his um, his personal page, but uh, I think Money Puck might have it here. Okay. Uh, seventeen. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's definitely lower. That is a smaller number. For sure. And he's the guy that got the one goal. Yeah. But again, doesn't play penalty kill, and we were on the penalty kill for mm-hmm. almost twelve minutes. So, yeah, no, that that's that's true. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it, it it's it's curious. Oh, I guess curious is a, <laughs> is a word. That's a yeah, yeah. It, it's it's, um, it's a word. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that. Uh, I, think is a major positive for this game is Lucas Dostal, especially on the second half of a back-to-back where he played in both games, stopping uh, 41 of 44 shots, I think, were was the uh, final count. Thir- 38 of 41. 38 of 41. Oh, for they've a, got 40. Oh, I guess one's an empty net. Though. So, yeah, 38 yeah. of 41. Yeah. For a 927, after playing, like, playing the second half of a back-to-back that you also played in. Yeah. That's... That's all right. <laughs> I very much like that. 
So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Is, is a is goal save above expected a negative point five, but it's that's still kind of right around where you should be because I think well we t- yeah it was a yeah one when you're two, when you're getting shelled on a back to back yeah and and he faced forty one shots the night before too so eighty two shots in two nights and you stop um, I forget if the Kings got an empty net I don't know they didn't so and you stop minus seven of those seventy five of eighty two um, a nine one five save percentage. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> that, that is just fine by me. So I like that. Yeah. Even even a three point five goals against average is is not bad in this economy. So Yeah. And when you play on the ducks. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, man. Not not mad about that. Yeah. I also I, I did I actually paid more attention to how they say his name on the broadcast. And I, it was uh Gihe Bear, who I'm assuming has talked to him quite a bit it's luke ash like lukish like yeah so they're like the little u above the s i guess makes it more of a sound because oh excuse me uh, like everyone else says lucas but i'm assuming if someone comes out and confidently says lukish they they don't just like have a lisp because yeah the bear does not so (laughs) um so that's his first name and then it's dostal like lukash dostal okay dostal yeah okay sounds good yeah that's that's how i remember Gear Bear saying it. So, all right, cool. So, so now we know. Yeah, stall it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about this game that hasn't already been said. So. Yeah, I got nothing else either here for you. <laughs> yeah, I was also I was fully ready to blast John Klingberg. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Blast, oh. but I said blow instead. <laughs> there we go. I was like, why did I say blow? But yeah. I was fully ready to blast John Klingberg like the whole game. I, like he was under the microscope for me, and um, I mean, I don't think he was great, but I, there was nothing that was like glaringly ob- obvious. Like I get into um, for the, against the Kings, so um, expected goals against of a point nine. What, what was the actual? Uh, First was. Uh, he was a oh, no, minus, yeah, as expected on ice. Whoops. He was a minus one, so it depends, I guess, if he was against if he was on the ice for the McTavish goal. But yeah, that's my problem with plus minus is like yeah, you can see someone's a minus one, but like, is it, were they on the ice for just one goal against, or was it two? But they were on the ice for a goal four. Like, it's weird. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, and I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> you 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 live to see another day, John. I will, I will not come and blow you today. <laughs> okay, I'm not even thinking about it. Like at first, I I was, but I'm not. Like right now, I'm not even thinking about it in a dirty way. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of this moment from. Uh, you watched you watched Gotham, right? Oh, uh, yeah, not all of it, but like I've okay. I watched a good chunk of it, kind of as it was and coming out. There was one I don't even remember what the context. Oh, uh, it was the one guy. Um, he's I think he's dressed up as a knight in it. Uh, I don't I don't remember. Is it Batman? No, it's not Batman. The um, Arkham Knight. 
No. Uh, no, like he's dressed up like he's like a medieval knight kind of thing. Um, and I forget who it was. I feel like it was Alfred. Pulls out a bazooka. And like fires it like directly at this guy. <laughs> Jesus. And and hits him and kills him like the same Gordon, I think, is what it is. And like just that's where my mind went to. <laughs> <laughs> just, you're gonna blow him. All right, you got the bazooka out. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean that would be preferable to the other one that we were thinking of. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I, I guess uh, that's about it for this part of the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, then we'll hop over and you will then now hear about the LA Kings from past us. So have fun with that. All right, let's talk about the LA Kings game. Um, and again, I feel like I say this every time, like even though we probably don't really want to, we're going to talk about it. I guess the only time that we haven't... <laughs> that I haven't said that is um, Montreal and Edmonton because those were two wins. It's like, yeah, we want to talk about these games. Yeah, this and this this was the this was retur- the return from the high. Yeah. Of like, Back. oh my God, we're winning games. We're like, we're getting really lucky, I guess, in the favor, or in the, in the Edmonton game, right? But it's like, yeah, yeah it, this is just the, you're coming off the high and it's back to reality. Yeah, and, and just so that people know, have a little bit of context here. We had predicted 5-0 and 6-0 losses to Toronto, 3-0 and 4-0 losses to Montreal, 5-0 and 6-0 losses to Edmonton. And then after they had beat Montreal and Edmonton, we said, okay, maybe this team's figured it out a little bit. You had said 3-2 for Anaheim, and I had said 5-4 for LA. So we were like, you know what? Close game could go either way, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, And then this happened. (laughs) 4-1, LA. And you know what? Credit where credit's due. First period, back and forth action, zeros on the board by yeah. the time you, the teams went into the dressing room for the intermission. Yeah, first, looked pretty yeah, solid. First goal, yeah, the first goal wasn't scored until the 13-minute mark of the second period there, right? So, yeah, it was a pretty even back and forth battle, I would say, for the most part. I mean, there was definitely uh, you know a little bit more favor, I would find, for, uh, for LA there. But, yeah, it was like, overall, it was... It was fairly even until that point. So, and even yeah. honestly, even after that point, it was the two-one LA game that things just kind of took off for LA. Yeah. So, like, yeah, exactly. So, like, so I would at argue the end for, of the second period was kind of when it, the momentum swung. So, yeah. So, so I would argue for almost forty minutes, it was a fairly even game. But there's another thing there, right? Of just not mm. playing a full sixty that we've been stressing for. This is season four now, so four seasons. Yeah. Right, this this team, no matter which combination, it's just it hasn't been able to, unfortunately, really. So yeah, yeah, and and I've even kind of noticed that throughout this season, especially, is that like at, at least we're being like consistent in how in which parts of the game we're playing, you know, where it's like <laughs> yeah. we we always seem to start strong, and it's like the first period you're like, you know what, Ducks are in this game, maybe they'll win this one, and then like second period, it's just like fuck it, just. Everything dies, you know, at some I, I point even, in the I second period. I wouldn't even say that. I'd say it's the first five minutes because then at the five-minute mark, over the last while at least, mm-hmm. um, excluding this game, but that's when the other team gets the first goal. It's about the five-minute mark I've been noticing. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, yeah, okay, I, I you guess get, get a song four was, minutes and then yeah. then it starts to go down normally. Yeah, so the, this is a the whole first period the, isn't isn't yeah. really accurate. Yeah, but it's like they always start strong and then at some point they just like deflate as the game goes. Yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> Whether it's in the third period or in the second period or like you said, five minutes in. So yeah, but yeah. Um, you got some very, fancy stats very, up here. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say very random. For some reason, I thought you were wearing a TQR two, and I'm like, when the hell did I add that <laughs> to the uh, or beanie? I guess if uh, yeah. for our, Amer- our American listeners, yeah. but um, oh maybe yeah, I, just kind of how I have it now angled. That, now that I'm like, look, yeah, now that I'm looking at yeah. it, maybe I need to add one. It, it would Jesus, be all right. Yeah, like it, it's it's cold here, so it, it would be something that I would rock for sure. Yeah, maybe I have like, to do that now. You should. Okay, now yeah. I, I know what I'm doing after this now, as I'm adding a toque, a beanie, whatever you want to call it, to uh, to the merch store. Yeah, just in time for spring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, no, apparently today is the first day of winter. It, that, that's true, yeah. Like the first official day. And I'm like, yeah. all right. Yeah, I guess by apparently the time it, it gets here, March, it'll be in time like, for spring, right. yeah. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Even go. though like it starts to <laughs> warm up, at least where we are in like February, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just like you, the way I, I had my head angled, like you, you couldn't really see the brim, looked, so it just yeah. looked like a toque. Yeah, looked, right. looked like a toque, so. Yeah. Yeah, don't mind it. Um, yeah, getting into some advanced stats for this LA game here that I, I see you have. Do you want to be the bearer of bad news on this one? Uh, yeah, I can be. Um, the Deserve the Winometer from moneypuck.com. Uh, again, if you're newer to the show, just I'll just kind of uh, reiterate uh, the deserves a window meter compiles all of the stats, both you know, kind of your basic ones and advanced stats, puts it all together and says, okay, out of you know a thousand simulations, uh, this is the percentage that uh, you know one team would win based off of what happened in the game, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, seventy-eight point eight percent in favor of the LA Kings for this game. The expected goals was four point twelve to LA and two point nineteen to Anaheim. So the yeah. the expected goals looks better than the actual result because we got a second one in the expected. But mm-hmm. um, Phoenix Copley, who that's a name I haven't heard in a hot minute. Um, yeah, right. I, I didn't even know he was in LA. Yeah, was uh, well, he was um, he was n- not even in LA. He was in Ontario. Because remember, yeah, LA yeah. a few weeks ago had sent down uh, Cal, Cal Peterson. Peterson. Yeah, just a few weeks into his brand new deal, yeah. and Jonathan Quick has not been doing great either. And it's mm-hmm. just goaltending is an issue for the LA Kings, but apparently not when Phoenix Copley is a net or Copley. Yeah, Copley is a yeah. net. Um, yeah, he had a one point one nine goal save above expected uh, in this game. And uh, a 960 safe percentage. Um, if that seems very inflated, keep in mind the Ducks had 25 shots against. Mm-hmm. So, which that that's not. I'm I'm, I'm not scoffing at yeah. the number. Still, exactly, still though, right? 24 saves on 25 shots is. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, we should have done should have should have been able to do a little bit more. I feel like, um, mm. but yeah, so. Yeah, um, Lucas Dostal, kind of right where you want him to be, though. Right where yeah, you very, yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah, Dostal is doing great. Like I said, if he can show that he can put up, you know, what we were we were saying that league average right now is about like a nine oh four, nine oh five, just with yeah. the increase in scoring and whatnot. Like, 
Mm-hmm. It, it used to be, oh yeah, like league average is like a, a nine ten or something like that. And if you're above that, uh, if you're getting into like a nine twenty kind of thing, you are the elite mm-hmm. of goaltenders. And now it's now it's becoming if you have like a nine ten or above for like your season average, you're the you're just the elite. In, yeah, as, and, as and like there. people are happy if you got a nine hundred save percentage. So yeah, exactly. So uh, which I'm I am in this case. Uh, yeah, yeah Dull still uh, with a nine oh two save percentage and uh, a point one two goal save above expected, which is a positive, and on mm-hmm. forty one shots. So yeah, Long I live Lucas I've, the first right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I I love Dostal in this game. Still looks great to me, and I mean, again, if he continues to put this up. It's going to be a bit of a question, actually, as to what happens when uh, both Gibson and Stellars uh, are good to go. So um, mm-hmm. I guess jumping a little bit ahead into the injury update, just for uh, reference here, uh, Gibson is considered day-to-day right now, still with an undisclosed injury. Which could uh, be fucking anything. So. Yeah, and Stellars has been on the IR um, confirmed for like lower body, but he's expected to be back on the 23rd. So on Friday against Calgary. Interesting. So like both of these guys could come back pretty quickly here, mm-hmm. but if there's like, like if Gibson's still out for Friday and Stellars comes back, I'm still starting Dost like those hundred percent given what he's yeah. just done here against LA and what he's done over the last few games like especially with Stellar's coming off of what do we know what his injury is even Stellar's uh just Stellar's lower injury. body just lower body that's yeah that's all we know well, yeah. yeah as a yeah, goalie the, you don't fuck around I've, with lower body injuries so like you I wouldn't bother oh. starting him like sure you're comfortable enough to put him in a backup scenario but like what's the point of getting him in a game when you're just going to have the next 3 days off or or 4 days off I think yeah, because they don't play again until the yeah. 28th. Four days off for Christmas. Yeah, like, might as, yeah, might as well just have those still there. And that's and that's again, he's just expected to be back for the 23rd, is what I was uh able to pull up. Yeah. Um that's not a, a guarantee that he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a this is possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that he has been like skating and trying to get back into it. So like that's that's a sign of improvement at least. But oh for sure. Yeah. Um on yeah, honestly though, like especially yeah, with that uh with the Christmas break, um, or when was the roster freeze? Does that impact with injured the injured reserve? Um, yeah, I think I it does. But uh, the freeze is okay. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, January. T- oh no, there's supposed to be a holiday freeze. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so... Okay, so yeah, we're in the roster freeze right now, actually. So Dostal should be the guy. Sorry, have we de- have we determined what it actually is? Because I've heard three different ways of saying it. I've no, we have Dostal, no. Dostal, and Dostal. No. So if, if I'm kind of yeah. just going back and forth between a couple, just that, that's why. I, I haven't heard a definitive thing yet. Um, so the, the roster freeze came into effect... Uh, Eleven fifty nine local time uh, on December nineteenth, so on Monday, and it'll go until the twenty eighth. I just don't know if that affects the IR. Oh, in I which think, case yeah, the Ducks yeah, would yeah, be yeah. carrying three goaltenders with Erickson Eck, and if Stars were to come back, um, um, yeah, I think no, I think you can still have guys come and go off of IR because there's like just as long as you're not over that twenty three man 
roster. So like you, if you were carrying yeah. 22, and then you could bring a guy off of IR that way. Which I'm just going to double check what the Ducks have right now. Uh, they're at 23 right now. Okay. So, cap friendly. so yeah, like Stellars might be healthy, but you can't. Yeah, you well, just you just hold them out for that little bit yeah. longer, and hopefully get like uh, it would it would be that Gibson and Stellars are back um, after after the Christmas break. Yeah, although to be fair, um, Eric Sinek and Joe Stellar are up on emergency loan, so that's different. Oh, true. Oh, okay, true. Yeah, so they actually aren't counting against the roster. I don't. I, I don't. I don't totally know how it works, but I think. I don't think they count against the roster spot in that this scenario, or like the the roster free. Jesus, roster freeze wouldn't apply. I don't know, but that's things are different. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we were totally out to lunch. Uh, yeah, that's that's something I'll have to so. that's something I'll have to look into in the future there, though. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I'm not sure how it works either. But yeah, um, keeping on the train rolling though on good uh, things that are good, nice nice stats for. Ducks, because don't worry, we've got things that are not quite so nice that we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, Frank Vetrano gets a goal, and it's been a while. Um, oh yeah, you got it here, actually. Two goals in, in his last three games now, after being goalless since November 1st, so over a month. Almost two. Games. And yeah, yeah, like, we were talking about it, the guy has just been snake-bitten because he's been getting shots, he's been getting good shots even, right? Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't been going for him, so... Um, yeah. But yeah, he gets two in his last three games. He's only two goals away now from uh, his uh, season total last year of eight. Uh, he's at six now currently. Um, his career high was the 18-19 season where he had 24 goals in 81 games playing for Florida. Damn, it's pretty um, But uh, just to show how much he's been around the net this year, those six goals for the Ducks, uh, like for Vetrano on the Ducks, mm. have come on 103 shots. Yeah, that's nuts. The guy um, has been firing and just hasn't been able to get anything through, unfortunately. So yeah. it's good to see that it's happened in the last couple of games. And hopefully this means that, you know, the dam's broken and we're going to see some more out of him. Yeah. Um, for those curious, that's like a 5.8 shooting percentage. And I think when we've looked previously, he's kind of been around that. Um, 10, 11 yeah. percentage in his career. It's, it's uncharacteristically so. low. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, glad that things are finally going in for him. It seems like the dam is kind of broken a little bit for him. Like, I, I don't expect him to go at, like, a two goals every three games pace for the rest of the season. But, like, if he can no. get... If, if he can get one in every three games or even four, like, I would be happy about that. But I, I just yeah, exactly. go back into that zero and 20 span. So, yeah. which... It's probably just an outlier, like you said. He's snake bitten. So, yeah, yeah. Not that Frank Vetrano is going to help turn this team around, but it'll at least make things exciting. So, yeah, exactly. Because the because it, as much as it's improved, offense is still a struggle. Yeah. Like, and when I say improved, I mean like overall for the season. Because I know we mm-hmm. just had that stretch that was brutal that led to the embarrassing trilogy of episodes that we had. Here, yeah. So. <laughs> I love that that happened kind of like just yeah, like, was kind of funny. it worked yeah. out, but yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. And, oh, I guess we didn't even say this either, but that was on the power play as well. So both teams actually going one power for five goal. on the power play. So um, the first two goals of the game were on the power play for each side. So 
so that was good. I mean, 20% on the power play, that's decent. I'm not mad about that. 80% on the penalty kill, also not mad about that. Obviously, you don't want to be taking five penalties a game. Um, but yeah, uh, at, at least it's even, and it's kind of what you expect in a Battle of California, I guess. Or Yeah, just some... Yeah. Uh, yeah, some, some a little more physicality. There. Yeah, a little more physicality and whatnot going at each other and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I'm trying to find where the uh, what was the Kings power play percentage at? Oh, like going into this game, or yeah, or even just what it is, is what it right is now. now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to find here. Yeah, you you got it? Or are you are you lost? Do you uh, supervision. I might. <laughs> okay. Okay, no, I found it. Uh, 15th, okay. uh, 23%, 23% even. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's decent. I, like you said, 15th, yeah. so right in the middle, average. Yeah, and one, yeah, one for five, 20%. Yeah, so that's about, that's about right, mm-hmm. I guess, then. So. Yeah, 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 pretty good. Yeah, uh, and then another thing to note here, Justin Kirkland playing his first career NHL game. <laughs> Very exciting for him. Yeah, so. I have a, uh, a a preseason worn game or a preseason game worn jersey uh, of his from oh, right. last year with the Calgary Flames. So it's not one of the ones hanging up in this room. It's the one jersey that I have not in this room hanging up. Actually, uh, hmm. it's in the oh, right. uh, it's it, it's in my living room. Um, I not that I I don't have the Kirkland side facing out. It just happened to be hmm. Justin Kirkland. It was more I was. Uh, specifically at like the at the team sale looking for uh just like one of the made in canada versions mm-hmm. um and uh specifically i wanted a prime green one though because it has the detailing in the logo yeah. um so my my argument to my girlfriend was this is more than just a jersey this is a piece of art therefore it can go up in the living room and she's like <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, if it means you won't ever ask again, then sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So she said the she said the other jersey that I could hang up. However, we're in a rental, like we're we're renting a place, right? So I don't want to put a whole bunch of like holes in the wall. Um, would be uh, I do have my like one of my jerseys from junior lacrosse hung up because that jersey in particular I wore. Or I I got two provincial medals in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like a sh- one of those shadow boxes. Don't yeah, I've been in the shadow yeah. box. So she said, like, if I were to bring that up, because it's still on my parents, it's like, if I were to bring that, like, here, I could, like, that's when she would be like, yeah, that's that's fine to hang that up, kind of thing. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want to put uh, holes in the wall, more than yeah. like a thumbtack size kind of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, yeah. so if there's a if, if if you're curious, all of these behind me here, they're hung up with uh, command strips. So, <laughs> which is not a sponsorship, by the way. No, it, it's not. But uh, go man, buy, go I, buy your I, off I, brand command hooks and don't feel yeah. guilty. <laughs> I, I should have some stock in them. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's his first career NHL game, two shots, uh, a few hits in just over seven minutes played. So not uh, not bad there. He played um, in. Oh, I had it up here. He played it with the Kelowna Rockets of the WHL. That was his junior team for a few years. Um, and the only thing I know about the Kelowna Rockets is that uh, they acquired Leon Dreisaitl for their 14-15 season from the Edmonton Oilers and then proceeded to win the Memorial Cup. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Justin Kirkland uh, was obviously part of that team. So that was the 
That's the overlap there. Other notable names off of that 14-15 Rockets roster, uh, Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets, defenseman there, who's having himself quite the season, and Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames. Oh, there you so, go. Yeah. The one thing I've always loved about the Rockets is their colors, actually. Very unique, yeah. Yeah, like, and it's, like, you look at it, it's, like, primarily, like, red and black. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, like, that's not so unique, but it's the shade of, like, it's not blue, but it's not teal either. Elite Prospects lists it as a teal, but it's definitely more green than a teal, but it's, like, not green. Yeah, it's, like, it's still it's, blue. It's, it's, it's almost like a, like a surf green in a way. Yeah. You know what? Let me take a look here. There's a there's a website that I use that gives me like the exact uh like color codes and whatnot for um for a lot like of different teams. a lot of different teams. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna see if that is in there. Oh, Canadian Major in, Junior. Oh, in sure the meantime, enough. do you know what the Rockets mascot is supposed to be? Because it's not is a it rocket. A, it's it's a dragon. Uh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah it, it looks I, like a yeah. dragon, but like. I just don't get the. How do you get from rockets to dragons? Yeah. Um, okay, here I got it here. Oh, okay, it does call it teal. Okay, now that yeah. I look at it, actually, it's this is a little bit. It's darker. It's pretty teal. It's like a dark teal. Yeah, that's that's a good yeah. way of putting it. But it's yeah. So like their color palettes, like black, teal, red, and copper. And it's like it's a it's a it's a darker copper than like the ducks have kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so but yeah it's it's a it's a very interesting color combination like a like a you like a very old used penny that you picked up off the yeah <laughs> exactly that's been through years and years of whatever so <laughs> yeah um so yeah congrats to justin kirkland there and yeah you know what that's about all the good things we have to say about this team. I, I have one more good thing, but this is more in general, so I'll I'll save it for like more after the okay. game kind of stuff. I was, I was gonna add for uh, for Kirkland, he actually had the highest uh, expected goal percentage for oh, nice. the for the, on the duck side in this game, seventy one point three six percent. It's pretty That's a high, lot higher only, than we've seen for oh, for the ducks. <laughs> yeah, and on only two shots. Holy hell! Uh, his expected mm-hmm. goals for was point three. Expected against point one. Uh, or point one three, I guess. Um, again, that's only in like seven and a half minutes of time on ice, yeah. but uh, that is a very high, uh, and that's in all situations as well. So, mind you, he, like mm-hmm. he didn't play any uh, power play, or I guess just special teams time. But yeah, yeah. The if you if you want to look at the expected goals percentage, it kind of explains why the game went the way that it did as well. Yeah, uh, when your top awesome. three guys are Kirkland followed by Shattenkirk and Klingberg. Oh. 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 Got oh, a little no. heartburn there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then That's goes tough. Strom, Terry, and Zegris. And then, so Zegris is at 49.23 for the game for percentage. Um, and then it drops to Vetrano at 42. Oof. Yeah, and I mean, so. once once we go through these next stats, that'll make a ton of sense, um, because uh, yeah, Drew Doughty had himself quite the outing on Tuesday night. Yeah, he did for sure. So it it so. makes sense that the top competition he was paired up against did 
did not have a very high expected goals percentage or expected goals for. So, yeah, exactly. Do you want to get into some of that right now? I guess then. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it because rip the bandaid off. Let's let's hear it. Um. Oh right, sorry. Dowdy's Dowdy's lines. Okay. Dowdy. <laughs> I, yeah, thought, yeah. I thought you, I thought you just meant like there's like other numbers that you wanted to talk about, and I was like, oh no, like, no, you, you, this yeah. is a, this is a you thing. Okay. Um. Yeah. yeah I. Sorry. I. I have to say, and it pains me as well because it's the LA Kings, right? But yeah, Drew Dowdy was a machine in this game. Honestly, unfortunately, yeah. He played 24 minutes and 38 seconds individually in this game. Uh. Just under seven minutes of it was on the power play, 648, uh, and just shy of five minutes uh, spent shorthanded. So he's playing on both uh, special teams as well. That's like like half of the entire penalty kill time because 10 minutes would be uh, just under 10 minutes since I guess we scored a goal on the power play, right? Would be how much penalty kill time they would have had. So if you're playing just shy of five, that's half, if not more. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, okay, so I'm going to, um, yeah, okay, so individually for Drew Doughty, he led the game in expected goals, in expected goal percentage at 90.43. And then, the like, the breakdown of it, uh, his expected goals against 0.25, and his expected goals for was 2.35. With his actual being one. Yeah. The guy was just Shit. offensively driven, but defensively sound in this game. Um, yeah. On five on five, he only played with Mikey Anderson um, as a pairing. Mm-hmm. That line played the most for the Kings um, at 1248 of ice time. Uh, as a line, that line had an expected uh, goals four of 0.929. And an expected against a point one nine four. The pairing had a an uh, on ice shot attempts four of twenty, and against of five. That's nuts. You're only allowing five shots against. In yeah, when like, you're playing fucking twenty five minutes. Like for for comparison. That's that puts them third uh, for pairings, but mind you, like all of the other ones um, out of the top three are like the next time on ice is like eighteen seconds, yeah, kind of thing. Um, where oh, I I lost it there. Where'd it go? There we go. Uh, so Elder and. Sp- had the highest shot attempts against at 14. And then Dursey and uh, Wah had 13. Sorry, did you call him Elder? Edler. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm actually not sure what you said, but I, I swear. I think I did Elder. say Elder. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's old, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just read it too fast as all it was. But yeah, yeah 14, okay. 13, and then five. Damn. And they played the most ice time. Well, fuck five out of five. If I was Todd McClellan, I would play that line for 25 minutes too if they were only allowing five shots. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Drew Doughty in this game. Honestly, like, yeah, that was a performance. 
by him tonight. So, yeah. which was good for the LA Kings and the fans in attendance, but not so good for anybody. The Ducks. <laughs> yeah, for for us, so. for the Ducks, <laughs> for you guys. No, you know, not fun at all. So, yeah. Um, do you uh, do you have a shot map for this game, uh, or anything you want to say about the shot map? Uh, basically just that the Kings were allowed to shoot from where they wanted, which was basically down the middle in the slot and to, uh, Dostal's left. I, I really should just put that on the keyboard. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Just say the, the, uh, the other team was allowed to score basically from anywhere down the slot in the middle, like right in front of the net. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, I, I feel like you say the same thing every fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out if it's the players that, so I guess that'd be LA's right side. If that's what they liked, if it's something that they know about uh, Dostal or about the Ducks defensively for that left side in particular. Well, that's not the first time we've talked about that. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Well, our left side is Cam Fowler, who, that's fine. No issues there, obviously. But after that, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a pretty hard Simon Benoit or it. Nathan yeah. Beaulieu. <laughs> Sometimes Kulikov plays there, but he hasn't for a while because Drysdale's been out. Um, Colton White, when he's in, plays the left side. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a hard draw. Okay, yeah, that does make sense then, for sure. Yeah. Like, really, Fowler and... Benoit, I think are are only two dedicated left defensemen. Everyone else is either a right D or they play both sides. Don't quote me on that, but it's very close. Okay. I guess Cat Friendly is good about having that. So, is that where you were looking? Uh, no, that wasn't. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. Actually, Cam Fowler um, is listed as a left or a right D. Okay. But I, I don't but think t- I've ever t- seen him play on the right side. Typically, he's on the left. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Maybe power play. He's he's slotted on the right. I, I guess technically because he's, he's a left-handed shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So technically, he would be, I guess. But yeah, Klingberg's a right. Uh, Shattenkirk's right D. Kulikov, Vakanin, and Bolyu are left or right, and then Colton White, Simon Benoit are left D. Um. Yeah, and then Drysdale's a right D. John Moore, if he ever plays a game, would, would be a left D. So. <laughs> Our left side definitely hurts. Like even just looking at the the lineup, it's like okay, they're, they're definitely not very deep yeah. on that side. If you're looking from the other team's perspective, but yeah, so I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, the only other thing I had about this game uh, is just ragging on John Klingberg. He was a team worst <laughs> minus three during that game. Um, it, it, nobody was a positive, obviously. That's not a surprise at all. Because, but, um, but a minus three when there's four goals against. But one of them was on the power play. So the worst you can possibly be is a minus three because power play doesn't count for plus minus. Oh, yeah, right. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. He was the only one that was a minus three. <laughs> and not only that, I because I looked this up, because by the time the fourth goal was scored, 
I was like, I feel like Klingberg did not have a very good night. And then when I went back and watched the highlights earlier today, he, it was even more obvious because the whole, all the goals were condensed down into eight minutes or whatever those packages are. And literally every single goal, I would say, is John Klingberg's fault. Like, pretty much yeah. solely his fault. So, and I've got the clips here to prove it if you're watching. Oh, if you're not, great. I will do my best to, uh, I'll do my best uh, John and Brian impression here and try <laughs> and commentate on the game. And so, this, I gotta, because I have all the tabs open and they're all the same name. I've got to make sure. Yes. Okay. This is the first, or the second goal, first one that Klingberg was on for here. So, if you're watching, you'll see that. Klingberg is the guy currently pressuring. I think that's Trevor Moore um, who has the puck along the boards kind of right at the goal line. And then once Moore passes it off, watch what John Klingberg does here. So he floats around the circle and then he literally just coasts to the net, not even bothering to cover who's 19 on the Kings. Uh, is that Doesn't... I follow? Yes, I think you're right. Like, yes, um, is that Silverberg? Silverberg is taking the guy with the puck. I can't see his number. And then Vitrano is uh, sort. He's, he's going to cover that passing lane as well, more so on the guy. But Vitrano's a forward, and so is Silverberg. If you're John Klingberg, should you not say, oh, maybe I should be closer to the net than the two forwards that are out right now, and maybe I should like try and take the stick away on this guy, especially because you know he takes a couple strides and goes up on... Who did we decide that was? I follow that scored... Yeah. yeah, I follow. He goes okay, up so on I follow's left, and he can easily just stick lift that, and then you don't have a problem. Okay, so sorry, we got Vitrano, we got Selferberg, and and this is uh, fifty three, I think, on the Ducks. I uh, oh no, sorry, that's um, that's Colton White, not Selferberg, and Vitrano, and then Selferberg is this higher guy in the slot. Um, Colton White is the guy in front of the net. Okay, Col so White, White's yeah, thirteen, so isn't he, or is that Benoit? Damn it. No, that's Benoit. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. So I was just wondering for like who was the... I was wondering like, who the center was at this point. I believe it would be Vitrano. In it would be Vitrano, yeah. Yeah. So he's where he should be, like kind of yeah. covering that like high slot area. Yeah, and, um, I, and I would argue that Benoit is what he should be doing too. Yeah, but yeah, just Klingberg. Klingberg too. went full disconnected controller mode here, and like all he had to do was take a couple strides to take away I follow stick, and he doesn't, and it ends up in the back of the net. That is, yeah, because because Vitrano had because Vitrano had to step in there. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that was Vitrano, right? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, the, so, the, the the screen is very very tiny for me right now. But. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, so that's goal two. Moving on to goal number three, as we get. This, which is uh, early third period, so really not long in terms of actual game time after this, uh, after the second goal, but, you know, whole intermission in there. So on the third goal, this one is... So John Klingberg currently is at the red line, and you'll see him kind of make a pinch on the Kings player with the puck here as he turns away. I don't really have a problem with this play, but it's the lack of effort after here. So, mm -hmm. uh, who's this? Deneau, I think. 53? I don't know. Oh, no, sorry. I went back a little too far. Hold up. Okay, but yes, he, <laughs> right there. Right there. 
is where John Klingberg... Let's see that one more time, and I'll try and pause it. So, right at the blue line... Nope. Yes, that is John Klingberg. That guy that you just saw come to the blue line, and now is kind of backing up, that's John Klingberg. When the Kings have the puck, and there is already one, two, three ducks in the area, why is John Klingberg coming in? And I think that's what he realized, because he came, and then he started to back up. Yeah. But then, now look, one, two, Kings... Klingberg was at the he's, red line, and now yeah. he's realized, oh, I fucked up, and this is a two-on-one. And then he tries to get back, and then look at the lack of effort there. Look at how fucking slow he skates to get back. Like, he takes a couple strides, but then he kind of just gives up. Like, there's, like, being lanky, and then there's that. Yeah, when, when you know you fuck up like that, I want to see you haul ass and then dive to try and take that pass away, but he just kind of kind of got his stick out there, but really, he, he just kind of gives up here. Do we need to show... And the pass comes across, and then goal. Do we, do we need to show John Klingberg, uh, Patrick Kane nearly killing himself on the on the Ovechkin 800th? Fuck, yeah, we For, like, how to because... get back? Jesus Christ. And, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that's... that's not even, like, Kane's responsibility for, like, that... Exactly. There, right? Exactly. He, he could do. It. He could literally just probably. He was probably at the top of the circles at that time. He probably could have just stood there and been like, "Ah, well, nothing I could have done on that," and just yeah. been clear. But he, he tried. He he <laughs> put in the effort there. So yeah. and now we're going to get to the fourth goal, the uh, anti hat trick, I suppose, for John Klingberg being <laughs> on the ice for three goals against. Um, and I, I've got a replay here because you can see it just a little bit better. On this one, this is the Fiala goal. Um, and just to recap, John... Actually, you know what? No, I, I do remember this. We do need to go back a little bit because we got to show some context here. Um, so, oop, I wanted that one. Okay. Well, this is the third goal. But now the fourth one. John Klingberg leading the rush. Uh-oh. Oh, you guys can't see it. Sorry. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> so... Halfway through the third, John Klingberg currently leading the rush into the King's zone. Everybody should be collectively shitting their pants at this point. Oop. Apparently hitting the space <laughs> bar removes it from the street. Wrong, wrong screen. Yeah. Takes the shot. Okay, fine. Whatever. And then pursues the puck. Okay. Klingberg, you're a little deep in the zone there, but, uh, you know, ducks have possession at this point. That's just fine. Takes the puck. Makes a move on the man. Passes it back to Vetrano. Okay. Vetrano. He's going to get the puck, and then they're going to do the old switcheroo, and John Klingberg will go back to where he should be. Fantastic. Vetrano says, oh, I've got a shooting lane. I'm going to take the shot. Oop! Broken stick. Uh-oh. Sorry, that was really jumpy. Can you try to show it one more time? Yes, I can. Sorry. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> okay. So, Klingberg takes the puck, passes it up to Vetrano. Vetrano takes the shot, and oh, broken stick. Got to haul ass back the other way. Yeah. And Vetrano, good on him, drops the stick, and look, he's already almost at the center line. And Kulikov, is that Kulikov? Bolyu? One of the two, I can't tell. 28, that's Bolyu, right? Down here at the bottom. Yeah, I believe so. I am so horrible with numbers this season. I don't know why. Yes, yeah. that is Bolyu. Well, <laughs> our, our defense has been like just a revolving door. So. Yeah. Um, so Bolyu's coming back. Vetrano is hauling ass because he knows like, oh, my stick's broken. I got to try and make up for this. Uh, Klingberg, he's in a little battle here, still at blue line, still in the play. Further ahead than Bolyu. And now we watch. Okay, at this point, 
Yes. Okay. Kevin Fiala is currently trying to split the two defenders, uh, which is Bolu and the stickless Van- stickless Frank Vetrano. Okay. So Klingberg. Okay. So Klingberg. Okay. Yeah. You go and cover the guy striking on the right side. Yes. Which he kind of does. He's he's blocking the pass. Sure. But the issue I have with this play, as partially as a defenseman, here we're going to go back to this from here because it's just how far I went. You should be immediately hauling ass back when you know that you should be on the point and then the guy who was there covering for you when you decided to go for a jolly little skate down to the goal line um, breaks his stick. You should be hauling ass back because that Frank Vetrano is essentially useless in this scenario with no stick. Mm-hmm. Not to mention he's, what, 5'10", five, five, 180 pounds soaking wet. Like he's a small guy especially compared to John Klingberg. And Klingberg kind of just gives up here. But I would argue that Klingberg should say, no, Vitrano, you get the fuck out of the way because you are useless without your stick here. And this is exactly what happens. Vitrano and Bolu then go for the hit. Fiala's like, nah, I'm a strong boy. I'm going to stay on my feet. And if John Klingberg is where Frank Vitrano was right now, even after that failed hit, he would have no problem lifting Fiala's stick. But instead, Fiala just goes backhand in and in. And then you can see how much he gives up um, if we jump ahead to the overhead angle here. Mm-hmm. John Klingberg. Okay, you know what? Just going to essentially take a couple strides and coast. Especially when what's-his-nuts from the Kings backs off. Let's let's watch that one more time. Yeah, that's that is a that is a lack of defensive awareness there. You either need to glue yourself to that guy, or yeah. you need to take on Kevin Fiala for the stickless Frank Vetrano here. Yeah, and when he looks now, back, it's like okay, wh- whoever this Kings guy is that's higher in the slot is not like he, he's still a threat. Like if that pass gets over, that's a one timer and. Uh, yeah. Dostal might have the save, but probably not. But that's where I, yeah, I don't know. Like, if he was closer to him to make that pass more difficult, he could easily take the stick away right there. Frank Vetrano, if he had a stick, would be able to take it away. Bolio is useless because Fiala's mm-hmm. the, well, like he's the right hand for, if he was going forehand, but because he's going backhand. There's no one to take it there. But he, he just goes like full coast, especially now that whoever this Kings guy is has stopped at the top of the circle. Like, this, there's literally one King guy that's a threat here, and yeah. there's three ducks that should be pressuring him, and, like, that's it. Nobody. Now, the, the back off in terms of, like, the... Like situational awareness. That I agree with. However, I will say Vetrano is in for for how this played out, Vetrano mm. is in the right position, actually. Stickless or not. Yes, he is. Yeah. No, this is not so about a little, a Frank, little bit of a this is not about of, Frank Vetrano at yeah, all. No, but I mean like but. like benefit of the doubt, I guess, to uh Klingberg of like kind of where he is in relation to it. Mm-hmm. That being said, like even like a stickless Frank Vetrano in this case, I would actually prefer that over Klingberg being the guy there because he would have backed off on that before. Yeah, yeah. and I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So like I, I can easily sit here and say if 
Klingberg was covering him instead of Vitrano, this goal doesn't happen because he's able to, like, because then Fiala doesn't even have the option to dangle to the backhand because Klingberg's right there. Like, it's literally just a, a tap and the puck is gone or a stick lift and then Klingberg has the puck, right? Or Fiala stays on the forehand and now Bolu has the puck. Like, so hindsight is twenty twenty there, but, like, I, I can just, especially with how the other two goals played out, I can just see the lack of effort here like yeah. it's or I'm blowing the lack of effort out of proportion here where like okay you need to pick somebody either you need to take yourself out of this two on one and cover the second guy in to prevent the pass across or you need to tell Frank Vitrano to get the fuck out of the way so that you can make a play on Kevin Fiala and again I guess also in Klingberg's fairness watching it back Somebody runs a little bit of interference at the blue line here with John Klingberg right there. Just enough to the, not like it's not even interference. He just kind of runs a bit of a pick on it's him. A, it's like a totally bump. legal. Yeah, it's a yeah. Just enough to get him out of the play. But when John Klingberg is leading the rush into the zone, that's a problem. When he doesn't cover the trailer or whatever, cover Fiala, who ends up scoring on the play. That's the second problem. So from and then you add in the other two goals. For me, that's where this was just an awful decision by John Klingberg. Um, you know, maybe in the ideal scenario, Frank Vitrano hauls ass to the bench so that he can get a stick, cover the trailer, and John Klingberg is this second guy up. Mm-hmm. Um that's like again, hindsight, that's my ideal scenario, but John but in this Klingberg case, Petrano, okay, my stick broke. Okay, the guy's going, and this was my shot. I'm trying to make up for this. Yeah. 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 So credit to Vitrano. But in, I think personally, John Klingberg should have shown a little bit more leadership there and said, no, I got this. Get the fuck out of the way. You're, yeah. you're useless without your stick. You're five. Like, how big is Frank Vitrano, actually? I, I feel like I need to know. Uh, like, obviously, you right you're, you're not going to say this live, but just uh, like, nope, I got this. Like, 511. 511, 197. Okay. For an NHL player, that is tiny. So compared uh, to Klingberg, who is lighter at 190, but is 6'3. Yeah, he's got that. And with a, a with a with a lot longer of a stick, too. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like at by the end of the play, he's really not doing anything. Like he's not blocking the passing lane and he's not taking Fiala. Fiala's stick away so like yeah that's like at that point like what are you doing like he just looked kind of lost out there at that point like what happens if Fiala doesn't score on that and it's a phenomenal save by Dostal what then like what are you doing like are you you're not going to be the guy to retrieve the puck because you're at the top of the fucking slot you're not covering anybody else because the next closest king is top of the other face-off circle and the other one is like at the blue line on the opposite side like what what's your plan here, man? Like especially after the second goal, which you were again literally covering nobody, and the third goal, which was a bad pinch, and then you went full on dead batteries, and just <laughs> and, and you're you're not Alex Ovechkin, so you can't outscore your fucking mistakes. And then this one where you went for a little yeah. skate and then didn't bother to really back check. It, it's like you deserve to be minus three. You, you deserve to be minus six in a four one game, like. <laughs> Fuck. I, if possible. Yeah, I, I was just not happy about it. So yeah, rant, rant over. 
Yeah, just the, the lack of effort and awareness has been a major thing with Klingberg this year. Like, I, I kind of hope that it's just still the... Oh, what was it? It was, uh, I think it was 32 Thoughts. Um, or the Jeff Merrick show. One of those two. I, I never know, honestly, yeah. off the top of my head, because I'll listen to both uh, with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick. Um, I think they were talking about... Uh, it was Huberto, and even though he wasn't a free agent, like kind of act like treat it like a free agent signing, where mm-hmm. it takes guys about a year to get into it. The issue is Klingberg is only here for a year. He's in a prominent spot and mm-hmm. is doing is honestly doing worse than I would think, even given that they're not going to be great in the first year kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's been it awful. has not yeah. it has not been great so no no definitely not so yeah that's you, you know if one of these happens sure it's a mis- mistakes happen like I, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the league sure but when when all three of these happen at that point on your watch this, yeah on your watch this this loss is on you and nobody else is minus three like it's on like yeah plus minus sucks but when you're plus when you're minus three and someone like me can trace back the fault to you on every single goal, that's yeah. that's a problem. Like, if Trevor Zegers was minus three and in these scenarios, like, it's... it's if, if you, I would probably be like, oh, he was probably changing. Or, like, you know what? He was covering the guy in the slot, but it was a shot from the, the point or a, a, a shot from the, like, the face-off dot. Obviously, that's not on him because he was covering his man. But this is... You're a defenseman. And you were out you're of defen- position. You're, you're a defenseman. Act like it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's it almost seems like he's given up, like at this point, or maybe he was very hungover. I don't fucking know, but some something was up. So like that. Yeah. Maybe he was hungover. <laughs> <laughs> hungover at fucking seven in the evening. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's possible. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well. I yeah let's um let, let's make things a little happier. I've got more clips for us here. So <laughs> all right, <laughs> this is a good one, and this is not even really in relation to the game. It just happens to be a clip from this game. Oh, we don't want that Ducks Kings highlights. We want this Ducks Kings highlights. So this is about Trevor Zegras, the man all right. we all know and love here. Uh, at this point. Trevor Zegras is, if you can see the, the stick here at the red line on the very left of the screen, that is Trevor Zegras right now. Um, so just watch this play. Comes in with speed, takes a shot, and saved by Copley for sure. But, you know, with that, that was a great zone entry by Trevor Zegras and mm-hmm. um, a great shot option, I would say, just to get it on net. And then they had some zone time after that. Um, and this comes in with speed here, basically all alone, looks to his left. He's one, two, three, four Kings defenders. Ah, no problem. I got this. Goes in and takes a shot essentially right at, um, I don't know who number two is. Is that Mikey Anderson with the Kings? Um, oh, shoot, I got rid of the rosters. Not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that one I don't know either. But 
basically, he's shooting like a couple feet, like a, a good sticks length away from the King's Defender here and kind of using him as a screen. So that's a very difficult save by Phoenix Copley um, and honestly kind of impressed that he makes it. Like it's not a total screen because I feel like, well, he kind of shoots pat, like to the side of number yeah, two, the, not through gonna, the I, legs, but... Yeah, I was going to say Money Puck has that actually as a... That, that shot went wide. Copley didn't get a oh, piece of it. Oh, he didn't even get a piece? Okay. No. Yeah, that this is... The only time they show it here, and so I couldn't really remember. But yeah, yeah. it's you know what, decent shot. I'm I'm not mad, even though it goes wide. And just for comparison here, this is not a perfect like one to one, but because this clip is from January 2019, although I have seen this probably hundreds of times since then from uh, somebody off the Edmonton Oilers by the name of Connor McDavid. And watch. it's Again, it's not one-to-one, but I have... What Trevor Zegers did, I have literally seen one-to-one and I just couldn't find the clip. I was going to say, really quickly, the, the, the normal cliche around the NHL is, okay, that's great, but how does this affect the Toronto Maple Leafs? Or how does this pertain to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Apparently yeah. this show is, how does this pertain to the Edmonton Oilers? <laughs> yeah, how, no, how does this pertain specifically to Connor McDavid? <laughs> Connor McDavid, yeah. <laughs> Although I did bring Leon Dreisaitl up earlier, so yeah, kind of. But, um, <laughs> but I promise this is going to be, how does this pertain to the Oilers? And then how does this pertain back to Trevor Zegers? I'm just so, bugging you. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. So watch this here. McDavid comes in, shoots through a defender, um, and well, that's in the back of the net. Who's that? Ah, your boy, Jacob Markstrom. Oh, fuck Lovely. you. Love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's watch this one more time. And right uh, there. Again, a good stick's length away, but he's kind of got the puck a little behind him, and then, boom, shot. And if you can see where my mouse is because you're watching, imagine my mouse is the puck because that's where the little bulge in the twine is i apologize for the literal 360p quality here <laughs> like it looks like it's on a standard definition um was a tube tv from the 90s but again so but the difference that i see is just he comes in and then just a couple extra stick handles just to just to get the defender open up to open up his legs a little bit and kind of move his stick and then boom shot as opposed to Trevor Zegras, who just kind of comes in, does like the little glide thing, and then shoots around the defender. Get a couple extra sticks just to, I guess, open up. Okay, sorry. Let me start over. Gets a couple extra... If Zegras gets a couple extra stick handles in there just to get the defender a little bit more in front of where he's shooting and open up mm-hmm. his legs a little bit more, that makes it 10... 20 times more difficult for Phoenix Copley to save in this scenario. And it's a much better shot on net. And when you have the speed that Trevor Zegras does and the hands that we know Trevor Zegras has, I don't think that's a problem for him. I would love to see him do more of those um, enter the zone with speed and, oh, the defender's in my way. No problem. I'm just going to use him as a screen so that the goalie doesn't see the the shot coming. I think he starts doing that. He gets five to 10 more goals a season. And when he's probably already on pace for 30 this season, maybe that's a, yeah. that's a significant difference. So yeah, for sure. 
Um, yeah, just that utilization of using the using the defender um, as a screen there was something I know was just like hammered into uh, my offensive guys for lacrosse, especially right mm-hmm. um, uh, to the point that like we did drills both to help me like work on screenshots, um, but also for the uh, offensive guys to figure out like how to utilize it, right? Yeah, um, yeah, we like we pressed hard on that kind of stuff and. Um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic for hockey, especially, right? Because it's so, it, it, at times it's so much harder, um, mm-hmm. to know, uh, like, I, like, you know, it's coming from ice level, obviously, but I mean, like, it's like where exactly it's coming from with just like one person in front that mm-hmm. is already more difficult. Now imagine that with two people, three people, like you're on a power play kind of thing in front, right? Yeah. Just that kind of utilization of the screen there. Yeah. That, that was a, a textbook, uh, attempt there by Zegers, I think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just honestly, a couple extra moves to make some space. And I think he's, and, and just like general improvements on his shot, since I think he's still more of like that passing guy. But again, as we talked about on the last episode, that's that, that will come. And I think he is working on it because his shot has gotten better like literally every month that we've seen yeah. this guy in the NHL. Um, but if he can just like, yeah, do those couple extra moves like McDavid does because he already has the speed and then just, improve his shot to be more difficult to read say like how guys talk about austin matthews where um they are kind of you like looking at his hands and the angle of his stick in but then he's changing it up at like the last second and yeah yeah just like that but like they can kind of guess based off of all of the information when you're using the defender as a screen it limits the information the goaltender gets and then if you all if you change it up last second fucking good luck that's they're yeah. not saving that it, it might hit them but it's not a save so yeah yeah so that's uh that is my suggestion for trevor zegris if uh, anyone from the ducks organization is listening here but there you go um but yeah just love to see it you know some yeah it, it was great it was great to see okay Moving on to the news. You got uh, an injury update for us here. Yeah, so just kind of all around. Um, Max Jones is the most recent one. He's been uh, placed on IR as of Tuesday with a upper body injury. Um, this is, should be retroactive back to uh, that game against Ottawa. Um, he's expected also to be back for uh, the 23rd against Calgary there. Um, Derek Grant is officially on the IR, I believe. We didn't talk about that uh, last time, I don't oh, think. No, I don't think so. Um, oh, with a lower body injury, and he's expected to be back December 28th against Vegas. Um, as we said already, John Gibson, day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. And uh, I guess headed into, as we're recording this part uh, before the Minnesota game, um, Eurel Vakaninen is uh, day-to-day with illness, so he is out for the game against Minnesota. Oh, damn. Um, I was going to say, oh, we should look at lineups, but that's going to be fucking irrelevant by the time everyone hears this. So well, yeah. I'll look at look at that after. <laughs> yeah, so Kirkland's uh, recall was in response to Max Jones getting placed on IR. Gotcha. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then we've got some trade news as well. And not yeah, the most th- exciting, but it happened. It's a trade. Yeah, I was like, oh, the Ducks did a thing. They made a three-way trade. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's minor league, guys. Um, so it's a three-way trade, Anaheim, uh, Detroit, and Florida. Anaheim receives Michael Del Zotto from the Florida Panthers. Uh, he will report to the San Diego Gulls effective immediately. 
Uh, and this is Delzato's third stint with the Ducks, actually. That's what I was just going to say. I was um, like, haven't we traded for him before? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, apparently twice. <laughs> yeah, so he's had uh, two goals and 18 points in 61 NHL games uh, in the past. He was with um, the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL for Florida system uh, before being traded. Um, Detroit sorry, received... Is, oh, those, sorry, go ahead. W- sorry, were those stats, those 61 games, that was like just with Anaheim? or uh, Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Detroit yeah, received. Like he's played a lot more, so yeah. Uh, Detroit receives Daniel Reagan from the Anaheim Ducks, and uh, Florida received uh, Giovanni Smith from the Detroit Red Wings. So it's mainly it's just it's a it's a minor league trade all around, yeah. Uh, primarily, but um, yeah, it's a it's a trade nonetheless, I guess, for the Anaheim mm-hmm. Ducks. So it's something, I yeah. guess. As we talked about earlier. Uh, Duck's pretty weak on lefty. Michael Delzato is a left defenseman. Um, obviously, I don't think he gets the call up. Of, like, I don't think he s- takes a roster spot from anybody. But you know, someone goes down on the left side. Delzato's at least played how many games? Seven hundred and thirty-six in the NHL. I think you're pretty <laughs> confident about him being able to step in and and not make any glaringly obvious mistakes. He's not going to be a standout guy, but you know serviceable I was not expecting that number actually like I knew yeah, he no. played a fair amount but just, yeah. yeah 736 games yeah that's, right? that's why I started laughing yeah like you're like oh yeah like he's been around for a while I've heard his name but like yeah he probably played a few hundred games in his career yeah several uh, few or several <laughs> five, several several hundred <laughs> yeah so Jeez. yeah um what a, is he I can't remember if you said this. Is he on a two-way deal? I don't know offhand. Not sure. Um, like, I'll, 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 I've I'll got a, I've got cap friendly up here, so it's he's on a okay. just. Um, oh yes, he's got a d- different minor salary. So yeah, two, right? Four fifty in the minors, seven fifty if he plays in the NHL. So just signed for one year. Four fifty in the minors. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, it's decent for sure. Um, there was another reason I had cap friendly. Oh yeah, I wanted to see trade history. What have what have we given up to get Delzato on our team so many times? Okay, so we have acquired Michael Delzato in 2019, um, and we gave up Luke Shen and a seventh round pick, which turned into Victor Person. Um, so yeah, Luke Shen, who's been doing decent for the Canucks this season, he's been all right. Yeah. Um. We then traded him to St. Louis for a sixth round pick, which turned out to be Matthew Hill. In also in 2019. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we signed him in free agency the second time around. Or, or was that, would that be his second stint? I don't remember. Uh, no, this, the, the, what we just read was the first stint. It was the first one. Okay. So the second one is. Or, oh, was, no, maybe that. No, the 18-19 season and then the 19-20 season, I think. Oh, yes. Okay. So, yeah, we had him in 2019, traded him, or traded for him in 2019, then traded him away in 2019 to St. Louis, and then in July 2019, we signed him to a contract in free agency. And that was just before the we started this show. 
Yeah. Because we did it for the 1920 season. Okay, and now we have traded for him again. And in that one, we gave up Danny O'Regan, who I think has been okay in San Diego. Not like great, but... Yeah, well, I mean, we're... Uh, yeah, we, uh, we are going to talk about him a little bit in the goals updates, so... Yeah, well, yep. I think that is the perfect segue into the goals update then. <laughs> All right, and then we'll go back for the upcoming games and predictions because sure. that's a little bit longer just because we are going to be taking the Christmas break. Yeah, um, Yeah. okay, so goals update. Uh, it has not been going well in San Diego either. Uh, they Their last three games, so I believe it was Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, uh, was a 5-4 loss to the Abbotsford Canucks, an 8-1 loss to the Coachella Ooh. Valley Firebirds, and a 9-4 loss versus the Tucson Roadrunners. That was a loss? That, that was, was a loss. Yeah, I, I, I have you that in... written oh, man. wrong. I was there. hoping because like you had the numbers written the other way, it was a win. But No, that yeah. was a loss, unfortunately. Uh, when I was doing this portion of it, I was doing it off my phone. So, uh, um, gotcha. yeah, so uh, that puts uh, or keeps the Gulls in 10th spot in the Pacific Division out of 10 teams with a 6-21-0 record. Uh, next up are more games against the Tucson Roadrunners on December 22nd and 23rd before the Christmas break. We don't obviously follow the Gulls a ton, but it feels like they have not won a game in a long time. It has not been a long time. I'm currently looking at their I'm currently looking at their schedule. Nate, if you had to guess when the last time the San Diego Gulls won a game was, when do you think it would be? Ten games ago? Oh, I didn't count the games. I was looking date. One, two, oh. three, four, <laughs> five, six. That's okay. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games. Okay. So they're on an eleven cool. game losing streak. <laughs> Rip. Yep. They beat Grand Rap the Grand Rapids Griffins. Grand Rapids Griffins on Saturday, November nineteenth, a six one win at home. And that was the last one. Ouch. Yep. I mean, it doesn't help when you play the Calgary Wranglers four games in a row and like obviously get shit stomped and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first two were rough and then, you know, the next couple you're not real you're kind of expecting more of the same. And so yeah, but yeah. not great. So um yeah, and then with uh, a fair amount of uh transactions i guess over the last little bit your uh, the top five players and goaltenders are it's, it's a little interesting mm-hmm. um so in eighth spot which is now technically uh tied for fifth uh jacob perot and brayden tracy uh with 11 points each um now technically in fourth spot for active is Oli ulevi with 12 points um as it's listed, Justin Kirkland is still 13th, or sorry, as 13 points for fifth spot on the team, but he is currently with the Anaheim Ducks. And Daniel Reagan, who now just got traded to the Detroit Red Wings, is fourth with uh, 18 points, which is tied with uh, Bo Gru at 18 points, followed by Nicholas Brouillard with 22 points in second, and Rocco Grimaldi with 24 points there for first spot. Pretty good. 
Um, both of our AHL goaltenders in Lucas Dostal and Ole Eriksson Eck are currently up with uh. the Ducks, which leaves uh, Garrett Metcalf and Daniel Manella to tend the pipes for San Diego. Uh, Garrett Metcalf has been getting the majority of time uh, with 168 minutes and 17 seconds in over three games. Um, he has allowed 16 goals for a 5.7 goals uh, against average and an 828 save percentage. So and, not fantastic, but I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, and Daniel Manella has appeared uh, in, in two games, which in, in a, what I hope is relief. Um, <laughs> do, do we want to even s- say this? Like, is this not just... Oh. <laughs> is this not just like mean to... It's very inflated because it's it, it's in like the small amount of time that he's played. Mm-hmm. So six goals against in eight minutes and 55 seconds. The math goes out to a 40.37 goals against average. Okay, and a so, 538 save percentage. So I know that against Abbotsford, that in that game, he started and he let in three goals. In oh, no. He st- oh, so I know that one was a start. <laughs> Um, okay, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, the thing I'm not sure about, I think it was against Tucson that he started. Let's see here. I would imagine because, you know, nine goals would mean both goals mm-hmm. probably played. Um, following the start from this, this is from the AHL's website. From the start of the game, the uh, Roadrunners took control. Registered three goals in the opening four minutes of the period. Blah, 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 blah. Um, goaltender Garrett Metcalf relieved Daniel Manella following the play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He Rip. he has started twice and only lasted four minutes in the one and five-ish. Almost five in the, the other one. So, um, not what you want to see from... A guy who, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a weird situation anyways with Dostal and Eriksonek having to be up. But, like, yeah, you, you do, and, and you're kind of maybe expecting the loss, right? And and maybe a few bad goals getting in, but I don't think you're expecting that. Yeah, exactly. Someone. And, like, if you're Manila, too, like, you you. That's probably never happened to you in your career either, right? Like yeah. he's a from what I remember when we first talked about him, he's a decent ECHL goalie. But mm-hmm. just I don't know if it's the pressure of being called up or if you know his potential is the ECHL, so it's he isn't yeah, not suited I've, for the HL, but like that's you, you still don't want to see that. Like you, nobody expects that bad of a yeah, performance. I, I I was gonna say it's it's a jump in skill level overall from the ECHL to the AHL, the same way it is for the AHL to the NHL, like mm-hmm. drastically different at all three levels. Yeah. Excuse me. So yeah, <laughs> for, for goaltenders facing higher caliber shots, that sort of thing who have been like, and that's, that's not to take away from the ECHL as well. Those guys would still dance around the vast majority like fucking wipe the floor if, with us. Yeah. Like. If, if they, if they showed up at your beer league game, but um, yeah, I, I I'm kind of chalking it up to that a little bit more 
right? Of just the, yeah. the skill level and that sort of thing. And, and, and also probably the, the pressure the, of it too. So, but also the goals in front, right? Like we've, we talked about this before that the kind of years of success along with the mismanagement as well of prospects and that sort of thing. Yeah. Our prospect pool is a little dry right now mm-hmm. in like in, in areas, I guess. Like I know it's been talked yeah. about as strong, but those strong guys are the ones who are up now with the, the ducks right now. Yeah. So yeah, the guys that we have down, it, it's a little dry at the moment. So two, but two when, three years then ago, you go it was strong, to, right? And now those yeah. guys are up. So what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So, but then you go to junior, and it looks a lot better. So once those guys come to the NHL, assuming the AHL kind of first. It'll look a little bit better in that respect again, and yeah, yeah. So. It's it's just the natural ebb and flow of hockey. So, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I guess that leaves upcoming games and predictions, which uh, we're gonna do a little bit more. We don't have to get in as deep, I guess. Yeah. Um, we can just kind of give the the predictions. I think for the for most this. part, yeah. So because yeah, we are so. we're, we're gonna we're gonna go through the predictions here all the way up until uh, we get back from our Christmas break, which will be uh, Wednesday, January fourth, when the Anaheim Ducks take on the Dallas Stars. So, uh, here I'll I'll read through the upcoming five games yeah, until sure. our return, and then we can go individually and do the predictions for them. Sounds good. So first yeah. up is coming up this Friday. Uh, versus the Calgary Flames, uh, starting off a very lengthy homestand uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, game time is at 7.30 Pacific. Um, then there's the Christmas break for uh, the NHL. The next game for the Ducks will be next Wednesday, December 28th, versus the Vegas Golden Knights at 7 p.m. Pacific, followed by Friday, December 30th, against Nashville at 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, then heading into the new year. Monday, January 2nd, when the Flyers come to town, 7 p.m. Pacific. And then again, Wednesday, January 4th, versus the Dallas Stars at 7 p.m. Pacific. So I know that that Friday, December 30th, like kids aren't in school and it's a Friday and it's over the holidays, right? But like yeah, a 2 p.m. start, like people do, some people do still have to work that day right so like it's just like yeah like the kids won't be in school but like who's gonna be around to take the kids to school to the game you know i'm double checking if there's just like a specific holiday or something like that that we're maybe not aware of maybe because i mean i I think most at least in canada most places have monday the second off as the holiday not the um not the Friday, but I mean, could be this different. is this is the states though, so they might give the Friday and the Monday. <laughs> That's true, yeah. They, or they could just be like, you know what, fuck it, take the whole week. Kind of. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would do that anyways, just with their vacation. But yeah, it, I mean, it could be a holiday we're just not aware of, or they oh, just... fu- this is why it's National Bacon Day. <laughs> oh well, there we go. <laughs> Fucking obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's weird. Very weird. Yeah, I'm not sure of anything offhand. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they wouldn't do it if they didn't think people would show up, right? So, yeah. Because um, this one is in Anaheim? Yeah, because oh, yeah, we're on that homestand. So, 
Yeah, but you know, hmm. yeah. Why not? Yeah, I guess why not. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's do predictions here with starting with Calgary. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess as you can see here, we did not get the Kings prediction right. We don't know at the time how Minnesota is going to go. So, yeah, Nate, um, you you know all about Calgary, I suppose. So you should uh, you shouldn't hit this one on the head. No. Uh, maybe, maybe not the exact score. I feel like I might get a team though. Uh, the Calgary Flames were on a six game losing skid, um, which included overtime losses, but it's is a losing, is a losing skid. Um, they might have gotten some confidence back with back to back wins against San Jose, which is also a weird scheduling thing as well. That is, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, where they beat the San Jose Sharks, it was 7-3, and I can't remember the Monday night score. Um, either way, the Flames scored a lot of goals. I think it was 5-2 was the Monday night. Um, so yeah, I think they might yeah, have right. a little bit of confidence back with them. Um, then again, though, the Anaheim Ducks throughout the last few years, even in the time that like we've been covering the team, they seem to like to play the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know I'm so I'm and like all bias removed. Um, Calgary still is overall the better team, I think. Um, so I'm picking them to win, and I'm gonna say it's four two. Four to two for Calgary. Oop. If Anaheim can, if if Jacob Marsham is starting, and Anaheim can get a quick shot in the f- like first two minutes, you got a chance of not being shut out automatically. Yeah, because Jacob Markstrom for some reason has been letting in the first or third shot of the game almost regularly for the last while. The Flames are going to be on the second half of a back-to-back. They'll be in LA the night before. Um, I, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know um, Daryl Sutter, but he's an old guy. He's somewhat traditional in the way he coaches. Maybe not in the way he interviews, but in the way he coaches. <laughs> I would be very surprised if he didn't start Markstrom against the LA Kings, which means Dan Vladar would be the man, the myth, the legend, right? I guess in Calgary. Yeah, Vladar's yeah, been playing season, really save well. Yeah, he's yeah. been playing well over the last while. Um, yeah, I'm not going to try to. Uh, to, to think I know what Daryl Sutter might be thinking as well. Uh, a lot of Flames fans are just like, fuck it, let's see what he puts together on a nightly basis at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to go that down that rabbit hole of like Flames Twitter a little bit, it has been uh, a, a little everywhere with Daryl Sutter as of late. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm going with a, with a 4-2 win for Calgary. Okay. I... I'm going to say the score is going to be 4-3. And the winner that I pick may surprise you, Nate. And I know that you still have no idea which way I'm going to go with this. But, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but my reasoning Cause it, it, is... Because well, it, it, it could be surprising that you pick Calgary because you hate Calgary. Yeah, It could be surprising that you pick Anaheim because you're picking them for a win. Yeah, exactly. But the reason I am saying this is because... A, you, as you said, for some reason, 
Anaheim likes to play against Calgary as in years past. But B, I just can't pick. I physically cannot pick (laughs) pick Calgary Calgary to win. (laughs) So I'm going to pick Anaheim for this one. Um, And if Anaheim does win, it's not going to be because they played the best game ever or like Calgary just shat the bed. So I'm going to say 4-3 where I feel like four goals is good for Anaheim to score on any given night. And you know what? I feel like Dostal can reasonably steal us a game but still let in three goals on like 55 shots. Yeah, something. well, I mean, he did it against the Kings, right? Exactly. 41 shots against, and uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't win the game, but he still played great. Um, yeah, exactly. But it was, you know, if we if we had scored yeah. four goals, then we would win 5-4. <laughs> so, um, I was going to say, the, the, a 4-3 win for Anaheim would be because uh, Daryl Sutter uh, continues what he's been doing for the last couple of games, uh, double-shifting Milan Lucic in the third period. Seems like a recipe for success, if you ask me. I, no. It was apparently for the last game against San Jose because uh, Lucic scored, I think, two goals after not scoring for 72 straight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked about that when we talked about Jason Magna. That's right. Yeah. Or but, Jacob? Uh, Jacob or Jason? I could, I'm could. i going to never remember. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that 72 was including playoff games as well. So oh, almost yeah, an gotcha. entire season of games, of games without yeah. a goal. And before he had scored uh, against San Jose, even he yeah. was being double shifted. That's where I'm saying that Flames fans have no idea whatsoever what is going on in Daryl Sutter's mind. Yeah, that's fair. Because any other reasonable person, and like it came against the San Jose Sharks too, right? Which I know the Ducks can't necessarily talk a whole lot of shit comparatively because the Sharks are still ahead in the standings and whatnot. San Jose Sharks, though, are not a very great team, right? So, And some of the defensive breakdowns that they had in the couple of games against Calgary, oh my god. Um, But uh, it was still just... Flames fans were just like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you double-shifting Milan Lucic? Especially in like kind of the games before when they were on the losing streak and were behind and needed goals. Because, yeah, the guy with 70 games without a goal is the guy that you're sending out there to score for you. So. Yeah, it's a a little questionable, but. Yeah, um, a little bit. Speaking of questionable things, um, that would be showing up to a game uh, after four days off against where the Anaheim Ducks are against the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know why you would ever want to subject yourself to that. I would be very surprised if we saw many fans in the stands for this game. Um, If you have family in town, I hope to God that you said, oh, I accidentally lit the tickets for this game on fire, so no, we can't go. Um, I am just going to straight up come out and say this for nothing again for Vegas because that's what happened last time. I got the same spread. Uh, I'm going 5-1 for Vegas. Slightly less disappointing. I like it. Okay, <laughs> moving on to Nashville afternoon game against uh, the Preds. Last time we played an afternoon game, um, it's against Edmonton. You guys know what happened there. Do you have a score prediction for this one, Nate? The last game against the Preds specifically was a month ago, November 29th, which was a 2-1 final in overtime. Was that was that the game that Zegers had that horrible giveaway, yep. or was that a yeah, was uh, that game? 
I don't remember offhand now. No. Yeah. I think either way. I think it I think it was, but I don't remember for sure. I would have to who scored that one? Because that would tell me. Um Roman Yossi. Oh, okay. No, then I don't think that's what it was. I don't think so either. But it was but that's that's the only game we've lost in overtime, is it not? No, we've lost a couple more, I think. We've lost in a shootout, but I don't think we've lost in overtime. No. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule, and mm. that's it. So it had to have been that game, actually. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, there was. Um, Which was still I'm a very try- good game. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how, from my recollection, Nashville hasn't been doing too great as of late. I'm just double checking yeah. what their last ten has been. Okay. Yeah, they're they're four four and two. Yeah, it's okay. Um yeah. Five, eight, and two on the road. So that's kind of hopeful, I guess. Um yeah. I'm gonna go one up from the last game. It's gonna be a three one Nashville win. Three one Nashville. I am uh I'm going to say 3-2 for Anaheim. It's the right. holidays. It's it's almost Christmas. I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling the love. Let's give a uh, let's give Nash or let's give Anaheim some love here. Um Philadelphia. See, so, you know, this, this is where is... this is the game that I was going to give the love. Uh I'm going to go okay. I'm going to 3-2 Anaheim. 3-2? Okay. I'm uh, yeah. I'm also feeling yeah, no. This this team always lets me down when I'm like, oh, this is a team we, we should reasonably beat. No, I've. I know I just said it's the holidays, but fuck, we got to give this one to Philly. I'm going uh, four four one. Yeah, the Flyers again as of this recording, uh, five or three five and two. Sorry, in their last ten, and their road record four six and six. Okay. Yeah. So that three-two might be another uh, overtime loss there for the Philadelphia Flyers, potentially. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then yeah, we got Dallas on Wednesday, January the fourth, which is when we'll be doing our first episode of the new year. So we'll have a post-game reaction for that, and you guys, I guess, will hear this at the beginning of the episode when I talk about it later when we do our post-game for a while. <laughs> if you didn't follow that, that's okay. <laughs> but. Um, not you, because I know you know what's going on, Nate, but the, the I know general what's going on. you. Yeah. Um, or do I know what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But that's what's going to go on with that one. So is the post-game stuff for uh, this game. Do you have a prediction? or I'm going to hope it, that it's nicer than the last time we played the Dallas Stars, which was a 5 nothing loss. Uh, I'm going to go... 4 nothing loss. <laughs> 5 nothing. Oh, sorry. Okay, I thought, no, sorry. No. I thought you were yeah, correcting me on the score. I'm like, I'm looking at it right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'm going to be nicer and just say that they get shut out less horribly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take your Philly score. For, uh, actually, no. Mm. No. Yes, maybe. No, I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1. For Dallas. Okay. Oh, man, I haven't even been looking at, like, the back-to-back scenarios. And, I mean, not that I've gotten any of these predictions right, so it's not really going to matter. But, um, yeah, <laughs> Dallas, what are they doing in the new year? Oh, they pl- they're in L.A. the night before. Who's the backup in Dallas? Pine Ottinger. Uh, Scott Wedgwood. 
Ooh. How's he been doing? Do you know? Uh, from like off the top of my head, he's been doing all right, but I can double check his numbers for you. That would be much appreciated. Yeah, I can do that. And while you do that, I'm going to see if Philly. I know Philly plays in LA two nights before, because the teams always seem to play in LA before they face us. What's the Vegas scenario? That's probably going to be the first game back for them after the holidays as well. Yeah. Um, oh, no, they're in L.A. the night before, too, so second half of a back-to-back. <laughs> do I want to change my 4 nothing prediction? No, I do not. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I, I okay, that, so, so yeah, so Scott Wedgwood this year has appeared in 13 games, has a 6-4-3 record, a 3-0-3 goals against, and a 9-10 save percentage. He was the starting <laughs> guy for a little bit when Jake Ottinger was out for a, a couple weeks. Okay, gotcha. Um. 5-2 Dallas. Maybe an empty net in there. And uh, just for comparison, um, Jake Ottinger, 23 appearances this year, a 13-4-3 record, a 235 goals against, and a 922 save percentage. It's pretty good. Kid has been unreal. Yeah. Uh, just to finish up the back-to-back thing I was talking about, um, when we play Nashville, that is the first half of a back-to-back. Nashville will be in Vegas for a 1 p.m. New Year's Eve daytime game at 1 p.m. Or noon. No, 1 p.m. local? Yeah, they're the same time zone as us, right, Nate? Vegas? Mm, no, Vegas is an hour back. Oh, they are? They're Pacific, yeah, too? Yeah, Vegas okay, is so Pacific, then yeah. Noon Pacific. But still, um, so yeah, that's that's what we think. So... Uh, I am feeling the love just a smidge more than you with predicting two Anaheim wins. <laughs> uh, and you've got the one against Philly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's where we're at for predictions. Shall we wrap up this episode with a holiday edition that has nothing to do with the holidays of what's quacking? <laughs> Whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, the one kind of does if you think like, you know, it's snow and whatnot. I but guess, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, our, our gift to you guys is a two for one. What's quacking? So yeah, holiday giving you, edition. Giving you some double going ons here. So uh, this this first is a clip from uh, is a is a interview from uh, Variety with uh, Steve from Blues Clues. That's not the first time we've talked about Steve on here either. It's not. Uh, why do I forget his last name? Is it Steve, Steve Burns? I was right, Steve Burns. I was going to say Steve Rogers because I know it's like (laughs) the same sort of like word and then an S at the end. Yeah. But so obviously that's not him. To to add to the legend of Steve Burns, I guess, besides being, uh, and this is 100% biased and I don't care, the best host of Blue's Clues. um, In in my head canon, he's (laughs) the only host. So (laughs) Um, he's been. Uh, ru- like rumored or like news, like tabloids have come out uh, that he has uh, perished multiple times, actually. And uh, so, this interview with Variety, um, he addresses a few of these of these rumors about his demise. So here you go, Steve Burns, and I'm going to address the rumors about me. I did not die in a car accident. I did not die of an overdose. This is the worst Dr. Seuss book in history. 
cannot <laughs> die of a terminal illness. The death rumors were at one point so persistent that I used to try to create my own. I died in a whaling <laughs> accident in Nova Scotia. Trying to create your own death rumors. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's just like embracing like the shitty media at that yep. point. We're just like, let's let's just see how much fun I can have with this. Exactly. Um, okay, so this uh, this next thing here, unless there's anything else you want to say about Steve. Uh, not about spe- Steve specifically, no, but I just think it's funny that some people like come up with conspiracy theories that celebrities died like years ago and got yeah. replaced by like a body double or whatever. Because like the Avril, that, there's like the Avril. Levine there's an Avril Levine one. one. Yeah, where it's like she yeah. died like 15 years ago and got replaced by some random person. There was one clip of an interview that, for a split second, made me believe in that conspiracy. Oh yeah, because she was talking about like when she because she's a she's Canadian. Mm-hmm. And when she uh, would return to Canada, the first thing that she does is goes to Tim Hortons, right? Because it's not a, mm-hmm. as large of a thing in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know how many there are in the States, but it's not, it's not many to my recollection. Yeah. Um, but so she was describing as well what she would get, right? Like it was like, it was this and this and an iced cappuccino. That's what ticked me off because mm-hmm. no one in Canada calls it an iced cappuccino. It's an iced cappuccino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess it depends because like maybe like she had said, like chosen to say that because like she knows that nobody outside of Canada says yeah. ice cap or like if it was, especially if it was like a pre-recorded one, she was like, and then I get an ice cap and people were like, what is that? And she was like, oh, it's just like milk and coffee and ice chips mixed together. I well, guess. I mean like they, like they know oh, like cappuccino an iced cappuccino is. Yeah, and then they're just like, oh, so like an iced cappuccino, yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, well, Americans are stupid, so we got to re-record you saying this clip as iced cappuccino. Well, I think this or something like weird. Like, I think this was with a Canadian publisher, though, or like Canadian company that that she was being interviewed by. I I don't remember offhand, but that was was just one of the like they they would still want to be like relatable to the states, right? But yeah, you're right. It is still that was the one thing that was just like, wait a sec, no, no Canadian calls it an iced cappuccino. Yeah, maybe she did get replaced. I don't know. It's, it's, my favorite it one is sucks. that, like, yeah. my, my favorite one is that, like, Tupac's still alive, just somewhere else. Yeah, kind of thing. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, the the last thing I have here, um, to, to put it bluntly, it is cold as fuck where we are right now in like southern Alberta, lows, in Alberta uh, in general. Yeah, minus thirty generally with the wind chill. Um, which you, you might not know what that is. I don't know if they have to deal with wind chill outside of Canada, but uh, f- essentially feels like minus 39. If we were to make that a nice even minus 40, because it has definitely been that as of late, minus 40 Celsius. Is minus 40 Fahrenheit. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Straight okay. across. Um, yeah. Wow, the math geek in me is like just so horny right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I know for like specifically for where we live, um, Tonight with the wind chill. It's either tonight with the wind chill or tomorrow night with the wind chill. Um, it's supposed to be about minus fifty or minus fifty-two, I think, with the wind chill, which is minus sixty-two Fahrenheit for everybody. It is cold as fuck here. Yeah. So with that, we've also had a some just 
like a few dumps of snow. Like I've been gone for the last three days and uh, I woke up this morning. And I was like, oh, I have to go shovel in this minus 40 Celsius weather. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my beard today, like was, I looked like Santa because it was completely frosted. And you had a, and, probably a red nose and yeah, like I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't even like open my mouth a whole lot because otherwise it would like, it's like spreads the, your top lift kind of, kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, the hairs on like my mustache were frozen together. And so it would just pull on it. Mm. Fantastic. Fantastic. I just have to remember that the only, like that I, I live here for the free healthcare. There's no, uh, there's no hurricanes, uh, no tsunamis and nothing poisonous is trying to kill me. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, with that, there was a, uh, a post here that was doctored however it's still funny as hell i think from <laughs> yeah, the city it of seems Lethbridge. legit <laughs> yeah but uh, it's it's a it's a very good uh photoshop for sure mm. um, and, and it's it and, wouldn't surprise me if they actually put something yeah said this. um i came across this from uh, the instagram account uleth wilden uh which i love that account as a uleth student still unfortunately <laughs> um and uh, I was actually I was actually part of one of their I think first five posts. If you re- if you want to go way back in uh, in their thing, there is a clip of me uh, doing a trick shot for beer pong. Um, I used a lacrosse stick to throw the pong ball, uh, rounded one cup and popped into the next one. And it's so been all downhill got, ever since for Nate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, here uh, I'm. I'm pulling it up for those who are watching. Where did it go? Oh, window. Here we go. Uh, so an update from the city of Lethbridge. Before everyone calls City Hall about where are the plows or why isn't my road plowed, please remember that side streets always get plowed last. However, your mom will continue to get plowed first. That remains the priority. <laughs> <laughs> and like. It seems like totally <laughs> legit up until that very last sentence, which is hilarious. The, that remains the priority, yeah. Yeah, or like, I guess the last two sentences, yeah. The, however, your mom will continue. So it's like... Oh, no. From Lethbridge, I would, I would believe just the, however, your mom will continue first. <laughs> I would still believe that one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But so. apparently, though, um, my, my girlfriend was telling me this, that, uh, that like two... And of like, I guess maybe three or four of like the snow plows in Lethbridge were out of commission because doesn't like, surprise they got, me. They got <laughs> rear-ended on the highway. Oh. Because, well, like as they were plowing. Seriously, and I like to is... think that it's because people have never seen the plows, so they're like, they they didn't know what was going on and didn't know that they were supposed to stay back or they were maybe they thought it was like some weird alien droid and they were trying to play hero and. You know, ram their car up at the alien's ass. I, I am constantly fascinated by the fact that southern Southern Albertans we experience snow for six, sometimes seven months out of the year, right? Yeah, like like the majority of the year, typically. Mm-hmm. So that leaves five to six months where we don't have snow on the ground. And yet every time, without fail, 
people forget how to drive in the winter. <laughs> a single snowflake lands on their windshield and instantly they lose like half their IQ points and they just forget like, how it, to, it, it, the, it doesn't how a car help. works. It, it doesn't help the uh, one of the nicknames that the province of Alberta has gotten, which is the Texas of Canada. Because... Tread lightly. People they, from Texas might be listening. <laughs> no, no, no. Because <laughs> Albertan drivers, as soon as that snowflake hits the ground, it becomes like Texas drivers when snow hits the ground. However, Texas drivers, that makes a bit more sense because they're not used to snow. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like I think it's like an like an inch or two causes like a snow day there, and like like we we've seen it before that like uh, like the snow and like just the colder than usual temperatures have like taken out like cities basically mm-hmm. in Dallas, right? Yeah, um, and just like caused absolute havoc. Where we are right now in southern Alberta, we're used to this usually. Mm-hmm. Your and annual occurrence gone, oh, and it's yeah. and it's just gone as soon as the snow is as as soon as there's no snow on the ground for yeah. five six months. It baffles me every year. <laughs> yeah, it's quite impressive actually. But yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning into the Quack Report. Whether this was your first episode, uh, you're new this season, you've been listening since the beginning, whatever it is. Thank you for another fantastic calendar year. I suppose um, as we. Yeah. Will have mentioned off the top when we do the post game later tonight. <laughs> the uh, we will be taking our break until January fourth, um, where we will do a post game and then full episode up January fifth on the Thursday. There, uh, we will, however, have that bonus episode a week from today, um, January or sorry, December 29th. Um, just a little holiday special for you there. So, again, thank you guys very much for tuning in, Nate. If people want to. Um, Wish you a happy holiday or something. I'll go nicer. Calm down. I'll go nicer <laughs> to end the season. If people want to just wish you a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, whatever holiday, Happy New Year kind of thing, where can they do that at? You can do it to me on uh, on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S, and I will send you a festive gif back. Perfect. And... uh you can follow myself at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 on Twitter. We are at Quack Report Pod on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Thank you guys very much once again for tuning in to another episode of the Quack Report. Oh, and at, at HockeyPodNet. Have a good one. We'll see you later. And go Ducks go. Go Ducks go.